This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Bellock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're cornering the market on apples and wrestling as we watch Ooh. Spines 273 and 274 on the Criterion Collection, Jules Dassin's Thieves Highway from 1949, and Night in the City from 1950. But first, mm. RJ. Yeah. Uh, we we survived. Survived what? I don't know the the confluence. Oh, the crossing. Yeah, the the the, the crossing. The ha- the happening mm-hmm. of the. Uh, mm-hmm. What did what did we say that one time when we were talking about you know like the the what are all the like afterworlds in the movie universes? We have the upside down. Oh the, right. The further mm-hmm. we we crossed the further. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, all those things. But, like, in podcast form. Oh, we're back, like Elf. Yeah. You see what, you see what I'm saying? Pod form. Yeah. So how was the reception on that bad boy? Um, I think, I feel like we lost listeners. We definitely had less plays um, than A lot normal. of people jumped out, shipped to the other podcast. Yeah, I think so. They just yeah, tuned, they tuned, they, they're probably, so, like, almost all our listeners are probably listening to both. And then they just listened, they picked one. Yeah. And uh, they're like, now that we had them both together, we see clearly that there is one podcast right and potentially ours and now we're 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 in the orphan universe the the one that'll get cleaned up in some sort of like continuity storyline down the road when but when is the duncan cut of the podcast coming out well i was wondering where's the psycho pirate psycho pirate i've uh i've just encountered a psycho pirate in my uh in my dealings of of the video game video game variety oh really? you're talking are, 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 are you playing like uh some infinity or something like that or what it's called no uh metal gear uh four has like a psycho pirate thing i oh. i don't i don't know what their name is yet but it's something like psycho pirate oh yeah yeah so that's what you've been doing because, like last week, RJ, we didn't have to record on a Wednesday, and we had we we got to take back the night, live our life, uh, and it was glorious. I have to admit, it was amazing. And I propose uh, we we have bye weeks scattered throughout <laughs> our uh, heavy schedule now, and I'm not talking about every other week, but you know, I think the fans would be okay. I see, okay, so when you say bye week, that that means like uh, in comics lingo, that means bi weekly. So you're talking about like skip weeks. I'm talking about sports lingo. So in a bye week, yeah, is no one no, you, no one cares about that. In sports lingo, no, no a bye week is when you uh, uh, you uh, you don't play a game that week. Are people still playing sports? Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl's this Sunday. That's what who I you thought. Taking? Um, who made? Who made it? Did any of my picks make it? Uh, there are no animal Fuck. teams. See, I don't give a shit. This is not right. But one of the teams is called the Buccaneers, so that's pirate. And who are they battling? Uh, I believe, my man, they are battling the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Um. But, so, so it's like. So it's like Chiefs versus Pirates. Yes. Fuck me. I don't know. What would you do? Damn. Hmm. Here, I'll give you the, I'll tell you what the logos are. The Chiefs logo is an arrowhead and the Bucks logo is a flag, like a skull and crossbones flag on a sword. So based on their logos, which one do you think would win? Hmm. I mean, one's got a skull. One does have a skull. Yeah. But 
but the other is an implement of death. I guess the Bucks have a sword. Well, I mean, is, is, well. Is, is, have they given away the plot already? The implement of death resulting in the other's <sighs> demise? Well, I mean, Tom Brady is there. So who does he play for? The Bucks now. Oh shit! Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, your buddy Bobby isn't all over that. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. I'm sure uh, he suddenly became magically a Buccaneers fan. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Always because, had been. Uh, Long time. Yeah. Not not just this year because Tom Brady went over there, but yeah. uh, forever and always. Especially not because they're in the Super Bowl right now, but that, forever. That, that is pretty wild. That uh, that he left. Well, <laughs> that he's in the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I mean. I mean, no one can really doubt his uh, ability, but he did but cheat but, one of those years. But, so, well, you know what? Does it matter at this point? Like, Not really. That's it's ridiculous. I don't know because yep. I, I see uh, there's a lot of people who hate because they they hate us, and uh, I think it's like at the, what point do you just go? You concede? Yeah, okay. I mean, I think I'm at he, that point where he, I'm kind of. You're the I, one. I never liked him that much, but I, now it's like, I mean, he's been there fifteen fucking thousand times. The so. proof is in the pudding. I I wouldn't use those words specifically, but yeah, uh, I would. Although it, one of his rings, one of his like five rings, does have an asterisk. They cheated. They were caught. What are you gonna do? It didn't get taken away, but uh, hmm. you know, you know. So who are you taking? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll have to post it. I'll post. I'll call. I'll make my call before game time. Okay. I'll, okay well, I'll, it's uh, this Sunday. Okay. I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Uh, to, my, to, my, to your statement. To my to my my, my statement. I will release. To your, when are we going to get an apology statement from you to all the <laughs> listeners out there? Oh man. You say I I've done some reflecting and I really feel like the last four years have not been a great representation of who I am. Well, see, I feel like before that I have to get out like a we are committed <gasps> to helping you during this difficult and trying time po- podcasting to um... to the craft. And so, I mean, just so folks know, if we do go to this, uh, you know, irregular schedule that RJ suggesting, mm-hmm. it's entirely on him because he's weak yep. and a quitter, not me. I'm I'm in it to win it. Um, I I have a you know how to uh, gusto um, spirit. It's a weird way to say obsessive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You really but, linger on those ones. Huh. See, I just think that if we did like three on one off, three on one off, I think the listeners would be happy as well. I know that they like the stability of mm-hmm. a constant in their life, but you know maybe. I know one guy at least who would definitely like to have us off one week so that they could take a break, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of our longtime listeners now, I don't think they enjoy it either, but they do it because they must. Yeah, they're strapped in. They must. So I'm just throwing that out there and uh, we can see what people think later. <laughs> know what I mean? How's life sure. been? How's, how's life been? That's some weird stuff happened this last week. So I've been pretty busy with work and uh, I found like... I've been so busy. I, I can't even reply to like messages anymore. Like I think you messaged me one time and I think what was it like 10 hours later? I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 I'm not having time to message people. I'm missing out on dank memes left and right. I'm not on the internet much anymore. So I've been busy. But last week, uh, one of the little forks in my schedule here. So I was driving and tell me if this has ever happened to you. I went through like the drive through. I was just grabbing like a coffee and stuff. Uh, and I rolled my window down and then I, I went to roll it back up uh, and I, I heard, 
and my window fell out Ooh. of my door. Like, you ever had, down, did, it, did it go back down or did it go out? It went into the door. Fuck yeah. And I've, uh, I've it never did not shatter. Well, I've, uh, I've heard of this happening. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't yet, I've dodged that bullet. But yeah, that would, uh, that would suck. It sucks. <laughs> I, like, it was in the middle of work too. Like, I, I, uh, where I work was like right beside a Tim, Tim Hortons. And I don't really like their coffee that much, anyways. But I was in, a, I was a little tired. I was in a tight spot. I was like, I got to go get a little pick me up here. Uh, so I just ripped over and then I came back to work and I went to like, uh, my uppers and I was just like, hey guys. So like my window fell out of my car. Can I like take it home? And they're like, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so I took it home and then Andrea wanted to fix it herself. Uh, because like, and like, I, I will, I also say this, she's pretty crafty. Cause one time, uh, we dropped, she was trying to get lint out of the dryer and uh, she dropped a pen down there and she took the dryer apart and got the pen out and then put it back together. So she is pretty good with this stuff. But uh, I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I don't want to fuck around with this. Like, we'll just break it more. And then the car getting a new glass, I think, would be even more expensive and all that. Uh, so I shrink wrapped the door. <laughs> so it wasn't just yeah. a hole in the yeah. window. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we have a garage, luckily, so I could put it in there until I could take it in. But this morning I was up at like uh, like five so I could drive my car to the mechanic oh. and drop it off and then make it back to work in time. Because where we live and where the mechanic was, an old friend of mine, uh, it is the exact opposite ends of town. So you know where I live, and this was in the industrial area. Mm-hmm. So I had to drive over there and then back over here, drop Andrew off, and then go to work. So anyways. Anyways. It, I mean, it's fine. It's fixed now. He fixed it up pretty good. But, That's good. Uh, uh, yeah, I've never I've never even seen that before. Like, it just oh. fell, fell out, and I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of just... I don't know if it, what it's exactly held in by suction. So uh, apparently, apparently it's like in a frame, and then the thing underneath it's kind of like a like an accordion style X mm-hmm. that like goes up to lift the window up, and then okay. like comes down. So I guess that and like that's the thing that broke. It failed. Yeah, but this window was like totally loose in my door, so I was like trying to close my door real soft so I didn't break the fucking window. Yikes. You know what I mean, Jer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. Yeah, so that was interesting. I mean, it was a, uh, it was a minor inconvenience and uh, a fiscal inconvenience, but nothing like a water tank blowing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what about you? Did, have you had any uh, major meltdowns lately? Mm, no. You know what? All I know is uh, people live online, and mm-hmm. my email definitely shows that at work all i do is respond to emails for seven mm-hmm. hours a day that sucks eh? yeah everybody like, everybody wants something all of a sudden mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i uh i've seen that before and uh i'm not a fan just emailing all day and it never ends and then Pain. you get emails late at night and you're like ah. speaking of emails oh Oh, hey, wait, I got a grind to pick with you. So, like, have you seen on Twitter? Like, do you do you go on Twitter often? I, I don't know what day it is, actually, RJ. Is it is it Wednesday, my dudes? Because I feel like you owe the world an Instagram right post. Now. Okay. But anyways. Ask I, your question. Uh, so on Twitter lately, they're, like, recommending things. It's like, we thought you'd be interested in this topic. 
And I have exited out or like closed saying I, I am not interested in this topic 40 times in the last three days because of wrestling related things. <sighs> We thought you'd be interested in Drew McIntyre. I say, <laughs> nope, I'm not. We thought you'd be interested in Sasha Banks. <laughs> nope, I'm not. And I, I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? And I can I can only assume it's your fault. I don't know. Right? Like, what is this on? On Twitter. Twitter. I don't like. I don't follow any wrestlers on there. I don't know mm. why I would get. The only thing I follow is that '90s wrestling thing where it's the. Uh, um. It's like memes. They, they want they want your demographic. They want your money. What they, they, thirty they're... something middle like mildly overweight white guys? Yeah, they want your money and they want you to buy replica belts and merch, t-shirts, whatever toys. 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 <sighs> well, anyways, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to post this thing, but why don't you read some emails to me? Well, first of all, we've mm-hmm. got Sugarhead. Whoa, big sugar coming in hot, huh? An email entitled, Catching Up with the Creeps. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jared and RJ. What a week. Let me begin by saying how excellent it was to have some cool co-hosts from former British territories. Shout out to the Criterion Quest for being stuck doing the same thing you two are for the rest mm-hmm. of recorded time. Very cool stuff. In the mm-hmm. last week, I watched a few really good shows, including Cajillionaire. I think that you guys would both like it. Maybe not Jarrett. Who knows what he likes, but he should watch it anyway. Mm -hmm. Lastly, as I'm sure you're well aware, the stock market went a little zany this past week, week and a half, with a bunch of people jumping on the GameStop stock, or sorry, GameStop stock bandwagon. So my question here is, did you big stock boys get any of this GameStop stock? And if so... What games are you going to buy with it? I'm, I'm still a little unclear on how the stock market works. I'm pretty sure you get to pick a game if you bought the stock. Looking forward to, yep. to what you guys think. Sincerely, Sugarhead. I mean, he does make a good point. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how GameStop stock works, isn't it? Yeah, you get games. Yeah. yeah. Now, is it like like the $5 games that they, like, you know, mm. some, like, I don't know, NHL, PA... 2009 <laughs> you gotta pick one of those it might be one of those one thing is for sure it's definitely not a new game it's definitely a, like a previously owned game a hundred percent like a uh, a shrek ps2 game yeah like shrek 2 on ps2 mm-hmm. something like that like would you is that what is that your pick then shrek 2 well i mean that's realistically what it would have to be right yeah it would be something like that a bad uh flight sim Mm, on Shrek? Yeah. Well, a Shrek flight sim? I mean, that would kind of be... Like, mm. what would he be flying? The dragon? Yeah. It's like a pod racer game, but dragons. Oh, it's so it's kind of no, like it poetry. Be, well, surely it would be donkey racing. Oh, yeah. 100% it could be donkey racing. Like, you know Diddy Kong racing? It'd just be mm. donkey racing. Right. There you go. Yeah. So that's your pick? Uh, did you get in on the stonks? Uh, no, but man, did I learn a lot about stonks. I think we all did. And crypt- I, I, learned, I learned about crypto. I learned I learned about do- uh, doggy coin. I learned that oh, yeah. uh, people are easily suggestible. And mm-hmm. uh, 
they feign nihilism, but they really just want the same things that everybody else wants. They want they want like, mo- they they want money so they can buy things, <laughs> stupid things, things they need, um, a lot of bullshit. People ex- will just read things online and go, "That's real." Look, it's got there's rocket ships and and, and diamond hands and paper hands. And, diamond and, hands? Yeah. Paper hands? You know this? You know about this? Oh, so I didn't know about that. You're, you're you're too busy. You didn't get to. See, I told you I haven't see, been on the internet. You, you weren't on the Reddit. You weren't on Wall Street bets. You weren't. Uh, nope. Oh fuck! I, I it was I, I it. Missed, I all, saw it after. All I know is on Tuesday night, uh, I read a thing about this this wacky story on like Medium or something like that about all these Reddit dudes who suddenly were buying uh, GameStop stocks because they, they thought it was stupid and funny. Like that's that's kind of like the. Mm-hmm. Just of what it was at the beginning, and then it transformed into this ridiculous story the next mm-hmm. day about how they were taking on hedge funds mm-hmm. and talking about squeezes and the the, the shorts Ooh. the shorts and the and the big shorts and they were started talking about Steve Carell and talking about like I don't know Matthew McConaughey uh, talking about rookie numbers and Joker burning piles of money. And then suddenly it was like a social movement, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. To get back at hedge funders. Yeah. Really stick it to Wall Street. And then yep. and then the, the, then Robin Hood, the, the fox from Disney, he showed up and mm-hmm. he, he shut it all down. He said, you, could, you can't do that anymore. You, you're no not more a, free trade. No, no more. No more. You, know, you can sell. You can sell, but you can't buy. And that pissed them off. It's like, man, do people know how like angry, weird men are on the Internet? They get angry, and when you tell them they can't do something, they get angrier. And, th- and th- how weird? How weird are they? Oh, they're pretty weird, RJ. Mm, okay. No. Continue. <laughs> Sometimes even dangerous. Oh, like in Joker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. It's a good thing. That, I mean, what? I mean, I'm very concerned. What would? What if theaters were still open? It'd be. Uh, we'd have to get hired security to, uh, like you know, uh, what is that called? You know that word. You know the word incels. Oh yeah, I was gonna say pacify, pacify the incels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, the, uh, people spend a lot of money, or mm-hmm. or said they were spending a lot of money. Allegedly, and then they were going to they, they had to wait till Friday, and then Friday passed, and now it's like Wednesday, and someone who spent four hundred and twenty dollars on a stock. Um, mm-hmm. Let's take a look here. Uh, it is currently valued at. Huh, Wound up uh, up a little bit, ninety two dollars. Okay. No, I don't know. So. I don't. I don't do this stuff. I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, hey, like you know, two weeks ago it was worth forty bucks. Now it's worth mm-hmm. ninety dollars. So the it's winning. It's winning. One Charlie the, Sheen winning. Yeah, one of the uh, okay. one of the architects of this. I've been told. Uh, I saw a photo of him. I'm like, oh, he's really he like is rocking the Richie Tenenbaum look. Oh, really? No. Do you think it's ironic or? It's hard to tell it these days. Okay, no. interesting. Yeah, I um, I didn't I didn't know about it going into it. I just heard about it after. There's a dude I work with who does the penny stocks, and he's always telling me he's like, I made six hundred dollars this week, and I'm like. That's cool. He's like, you can too, and I'm like, did they nah. make money or is it again uh, in the the ether? 
Well, there was a guy I used to work with who would go to the casino like every day, like he had a bit of a problem. But that's and like he'd be like, "Yeah, I made two hundred bucks," but he doesn't tell you about the thousand he put in wow. to make the two hundred. That is all. I mean, they're all pretty tied to get together. I think stocks and gambling. And gamblers. I, I feel yeah. like there could be a relationship. What uh, do you think? At the heart of it is gambler. Gambler. Yeah. Perhaps. He's coming for March. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. That's right. Yeah, it was pretty wild. <sighs> yeah, like I've it was. I, I think it's like part of the vacuum though of a, a Trump-free world right now until next week, because mm-hmm. it'll be what happens next week. Uh, the an, another impeachment trial um, oh. for uh, old uh, DJT. Are they going to get him? Uh, the numbers don't seem to align that way, but we'll see what happens when there is a very public trial laying out the case and see if uh, the the Republican senators have the gumption, have the grit to, to, do, to do what's right for business. We'll see one mm-hmm. way or another. Because, <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty straightforward, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We do live, again, we do live in the orphan timeline that is going to eventually right. collapse on itself. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, well, does anything? Aaron Lang, with, oh. a, with, a, with a subject line of no subject, which is like nothing, um, writes in, this is as close as I'll ever get to a food question. Whoa. He's, he's crossing the further now. What do you guys think about colostomy bags? Do you think they have any benefits over the natural method? Are they cleaner, more convenient? Would you ever consider getting a colostomy bag for a non-medical reason? And lastly, do you think that the do you think the Borg use colostomy bags? I imagine they do. Um I don't think the Borg consume any any products, do they? It's hard. It, well, that's the question, I guess. Do they do they use them? Do they have need for them? Well, like, I feel like their synthetic parts probably produce the, like, the nutrients they need, much like the Gem Hadar, and all they need is their drug. You know, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this cause, cause, cosmetic colostomy bag thing is, I'm sure someone in the world has probably done tried that, right? Well, they just, they're, they're uh, maybe they're very mindful of their time. They're too busy, like, watching their stocks. And they're oh, like, well, I they could go, but they, they might have to take their eyes off of them. They might change in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like, it's just easier just to sit and do what you're doing. I do yeah. wonder if uh, this this occurred to Aaron while he sat drawing, working away at the at his table, making with the uh, with the comics and the illustrations, and, and said to himself, man, I really wish I didn't have to stand up and take care of this right now. What if I had a, what if, what if? What if? So I say live your life, double A. Well, yeah, I mean, for double A and anyone listening, do whatever makes you feel right. You know what I mean? I'm going to choose to abstain from saying one way or the other personally. Well, why? Uh, I I have no horse in this race. Well, I mean, say you did. Well, I mean, I know people with colostomy bags. Yeah. And I feel like if they had a choice, they wouldn't have. There you them. go. That that there you go. So I think maybe that's probably the answer. But it's like a, like we we're saying, if he wants to go for it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand in his way. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to be the one to break someone's dreams. Mm-hmm. Come on. 
Yeah, well, you know? that's yeah. We don't. We hope no one's cost me bags break either. Yeah, I feel like that's something you don't want to have to deal with. Like after, like I, I imagine it'd be like on a Monday, you just had a long day, you're tired, and you're just like, you're like, man, this day sucks. And then you're like walking into your house, and it just like catches on the door hinge or something, and you'd be like, fuck, you know, mm-hmm. shit. Speaking of shit, yes. Sam number two. Oh, beta Sam. Failure. Why? Hey guys. Oh. Excited to listen to this episode. Previously, I had alluded about a year ago potentially wanting to be on this one, but unfortunately, I have failed the creeps and could not wow. come through and have to listen from the sidelines. Wow. One day, hopefully sooner rather than later, once I figure out what my set schedule will be like as I potentially transition to a new position once again very soon, <gasps> I'll make a return visit to the show. We'll just have to scope out the never-ending upcoming schedule. He could come on to uh, when we do... Um... Fuck. <laughs> I can't. I don't even know anymore. I was going to say something like, you know, funny and quippy, and then I was just... Lots of face, yeah. lots of face touching over here on the, on uh, my end. That, yeah, Baylor. I was house. up, I was up early driving my car to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How does Jarrett feel about the Royal Rumble this weekend? Good question. Did either of you watch? Uh, no, but I, Twitter was trying to get me to watch. <laughs> yeah, apparently. yeah, trying to make you care about Drew McIntyre. I also <sighs> did not watch. Uh, I was, I had people messaging me results uh, intermittently. Who was the the surprise guest? Was it Rey Mysterio? Oh, you know, I don't even know. If, 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 I don't think there was anything too uh, exciting in that on that front. Mm. I don't okay. think. Um, or he's Sam asks excited about the youngster Edge winning the Royal Rumble Rumble from the, from the number one spot. Do you hear about this, RJ? You hear about this? Edge, edge like Edge, like Edge, Edge, Edge. Not well. What do you mean? Like long hair Edge from the nineties, Edge. Yes, that dude is still like when did? Yeah. Well, he he also had to retire back in two thousand eleven uh, because his neck was all fucked up, but it, it got better. And uh, Christian, his his best friend, he also was wrestling, and he had to quit due to like questionable like head injuries and neck stuff. But you know what? It's time to bring them all back because uh, who cares, right? Maybe they maybe they got Regeneron in their necks. Ooh, yeah, some of those uh, those stem cells. Those stem cells. So wait, Edge's best friend's name is Christian. Christian's not as ed- like cool as Edge. His name's Christian. Remember the brood? Remember Gangrel? Jarrett, look I know up, Edge. Look up Gangrel. Gangrel? That sounds like a... Uh, Gangrel's a good dude. We all love Gangrel. Gangrel sounds like uh, one of those Beowulf characters. Oh, God. Why are his teeth like that? <laughs> uh, oh, I see. They were all vampires. <laughs> yeah. Then they got better. See, I never knew edge was a vampire i thought he was just a dude who had long hair and wore sunglasses i think that is i think you're still right (laughs) because i don't think they're actually vampires however they they definitely (sighs) like had chat there was chalices and uh like those funky wraparound glasses that were like the craze back in the late 90s so this picture i'm looking at we have gangrel christian in white button-down shirts half unbuttoned Mm -hmm. 
and then Edge in a black shirt, half unbuttoned, or like leather shirt. They're all wearing sunglasses. They all have their hair back, like uh, Brad Pitt in Interview with the Vampire, and there's mm-hmm. flames behind them. Oh, yeah. But Gangrel has the vampire teeth. <laughs> yeah. So it's very vampiric. Well, I think it was like, because he's the big guy. So, of course, that's the one that Vince would be all about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like very like, yeah, puffy shirts, post. Yeah. Uh, Punk. Post Anne Rice. It's like, hey, we need vampires in our fed. In that, their what? In the fed. The federation. Oh, I Come see. Come on. Is there any vampire hunters or is that just Undertaker? Uh, well, I mean, he's an Undertaker. And he's also like a zombie MMA guy. And a, and he's also an American badass. Do you think, do you think when Taker's in the American badass version on his bike do you think he would have been like america first kind of thing oh, or he is oh he is okay. oh yeah okay i wasn't sure i just he has he has thoughts on blue lives mattering oh well yeah that makes sense for his his aesthetic <laughs> it's his uh yeah you know about aesthetics mm-hmm. oh man actually one of the weirdest things is seeing because he, he now breaks character uh old mark calloway oh. He just does podcasts now, and he does like hot wing challenges. And oh, well, he's on hot ones. Yeah, he was on. Oh, nice. I, I guess one of those. Is there more than one, or is there just one? Uh, the popular one is hot ones. That's okay. the one who that actually gets like celebrities. Well, okay, so that he was on that, and he was just talking, and he's like a big old uh, kind of geek. <laughs> oh, like in what sense? He sounds like it's like he's he's not Undertaker. He talked like this a little bit. Exactly like that. Wow. Uh, my name is Mark Holloway, and uh, I've for many years I've played the Taker, mm. but now I'm trying to be uh, California's Klaus Kinski. Now Klaus they can Kinski? freely yeah. say that Shawn Michaels wasn't the only to win from that spot. Um, if you know what that's in reference to, RJ. Uh, from the number one spot. Yeah. Edge Why would they blow it on Old Edge? Because uh, they're they're trying to get that youngster over, they're trying to push the the new guy, Edge, with a bad neck. He's like a bump away from never being able to wrestle again. Probably. I mean, they all are really. It all takes is one one weird fall that looks like nothing. That's all of us, if you think about it. Or Bianca Belair winning the Royal Rumble for the women, and the odd choice of having Jerry Lawler come out to commentate specifically only that match and say an occasional questionable remark. How, how questionable? I don't know, actually. See, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. I did, I did see uh, a lot of people talk about, oh, that person almost necked themselves. That was a scary spot, as these people do really reckless things that look really bad. And um, mm. career-shortening. I think is a a polite way of saying it. Career or life shortening? We'll go with career. Was Shane O'Mac in uh, the Rumble? I don't believe so. I think, I mean, uh, the last he was around, he was promoting Raw Underground, which was their attempt of like doing some uh, pseudo cage fight stuff, you know, in a a basement. (laughs) Trying to get the UFC crowd or what? Again, yeah. They're trying to do that again because like, you know, Shane's a hard man. He's he's legit, you know. He throw, he throws hands. Do you th- has he ever thrown hands with Ronda Rousey? Uh no, not no, yet, not yet. 
Okay. He might have backstage. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they're saving that for SummerSlam. He's, he was practicing practicing his jujitsu. Oh. Well, not too much to add since I unfortunately uh, fallen an episode behind again. But on Damn. the most recent episode of Film Junk, while recounting his recent trip to Rome, filming the second season of Cursed, Jay had a quote that I believe RJ could appreciate. He mm. mentioned that he quote talked to a lot of very problematic Italian men telling problematic mm. stories of a very problematic film. That mm-hmm. quote, unfortunately, doesn't narrow down much at all what movie he might be talking about. Jay, unlike RJ, however, restrained himself from doing an Italian accent, though he did say oh. some Italian gibberish minus the spot-on accent that RJ does. Uh, was just a nice moment of overlap between my two favorite Canadian film podcasts. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that uh, there's other Canadians who also feel the Italians are problematic. And I, I'd go far, as far as to say I'm not speaking for this individual, but I think he left it ambiguous because it's not one Italian movie; it's all Italian movies, Jared, and people for that matter. I was on a Zoom call this past week where With Italians. No, I, oh. not not that I'm aware of. Okay, but. Um, a person was having some internet connection problems and they, yeah. re- they refer to it as being problematic. They said, Hey, my internet is being problematic. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Did you laugh at this person? No, I was, I think I was on mute by that point, but, uh, and you and my video just, was off and I just went <sighs> words. You had your video off even. Wow. That's a power move. Hey, well, you and there, I... there was like 200 people there. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Yeah. I, that just reminded me of something. I saw something pretty egregious, is the Jarrett word, in the uh, staff room. Uh, the Or like, yeah, like the staff kitchen <laughs> at is, work is, last is, week. Is this like the uh, toothpaste cup under the sink? Egregious? No, no. Well, actually, I mean, it depends on how you view it. Because I always thought that that toothpaste cup was like horrifying uh or the toothbrush cup um, yeah, yeah sorry yeah toothbrush cup. yeah the toothbrush cup and then there was another one in the like staff shower that had two toothbrushes in it <laughs> and i was like who the fuck is you it, like because at least two people i blows my mind anyways uh so this dude came in this guy that works with us and uh he was heating up his food and uh in the microwave and it'll it dings. He opens the microwave door and he's taking it out and it looks like hot or whatever. And like, you know, how sometimes you like take the hot food out with your hands and be like, Ooh, and like, go put it down on the table. Well, that's, and why, stuff. that's why I usually reach for like the, uh, like a, the a, edges a, 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 more like something like a little t- rag, a, like towel. a washcloth. Yeah. Something for yeah. it. It didn't, it didn't look that hot, but you could tell it was like a little hot or so, but he takes out his plate and he goes to the opposite end of the table and sits down and then he begins eating his spaghetti and he, but he never went back and closed the microwave door. He just left it open. Hmm. And I've seen him do this more than once now. He just leaves the microwave door open. And then he'll go and he'll eat his entire lunch. I don't think he, he even closed it. I think someone else closed it. Of course, so, someone always has to clean up after him. But like, what would you do if you saw that? Because I was just like, I was like, well, you got no fucking manners, man. Like, what's going on? You're just leaving the microwave door open? Hey, next, Get next, hey, next time. I know. I know you're just like waiting to unleash your Larry David. I just say what? Huh? 
That's Larry David. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not going to eat in the staff room tomorrow because I feel like I might, uh, I might say something that I can't take back. You know what I mean? Are you still on probation? You gotta, you gotta be. Yes. Wow. There you go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose to remove myself from this situation until, uh, that's no longer an issue. And then I'll go in there and I'll say, I got, got a lot of problems with you people and you're going to hear them all. All right. Anyways, emails. All right, guys, that's it from Sam number two today. Off to oh, go nice. take a look at all the upcoming spine numbers. Oof. Well, choose wisely, Sam. Choose wisely. They're filling up. We got at least, what, 100 in the next 100? Oh, yeah. Or so? God Give help us. God help us. Mm-hmm. 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 Finally, only four this week. Damn. Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. Boy, that was a surprise. Oscar season and the munchies. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? Well, that was certainly a cool surprise (laughs) to see the episode last week drop early with your team up with Criterion Quest. It was really cool to hear you guys vibe with another podcast on the same mission and provided a real neat retrospective of the show so far. Guess you guys Mm -hmm. will have to hook up with them again for Spine 1000. If they're there when we're there. Well, if any of us are left. If any of us left, I won't be here anymore, but maybe you and, um, I don't know, Drew McIntyre will be doing the show <laughs> at that point. The, the, the chosen one? Is that what they call him? They used to. Not anymore. They realize they're like, mm, you know, maybe you know, he's not. He, he's Scottish, you know. Drew McIntyre? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He, he was part of a group called the Three Man Band. Oh, God. <laughs> it's too complicated. <sighs> See, it's, it's far more complicated than these movies. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But do these movies have men in their underpants? One of them does. Well, they do this week. Yeah. One of them so, does. with the Oscars right around the corner, I was mm-hmm. I am now trying to see all the likely nominees, which is now easier than ever thanks to most of them going to streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. I know you guys just watch Star Trek and uh, Criterion these days, yep. but will you make time to watch movies like Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night in Miami, and Sound of Metal? I'm not going to watch any of those. Yeah, I feel... Uh, I mean, Did I, they announce the Oscars? Is that no, what this is? No, 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 oh. not yet. These, these would be... Con- Tenders, I think, because the gold, the gold, oh, the Golden Globes just uh, announced their nominees, oh, and, okay. and so Oscars usually comes after that. I think. I think so too. No, well, because the Oscars, isn't it? They should have announced them already because yeah. the Oscars is usually like third week of February or third Sunday of February. I think. Well, that's soon. Well, yeah, but usually they announce it like. A little bit before then, because that's only like two, three weeks from now. Is that when the Oscar? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's when they. Air, oh, when, yeah. they, when they when they happen, not when they yeah. announce. Yes, but they they announce it like they usually would announce it hey, at least a month before. It's a, it's a weird year. I know. I don't know. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, no. What happened? Is something different this year? Uh, yeah. I I don't know any of these movies. Honestly, I've seen people log Trial of the Chicago Seven. I started mm-hmm. seeing some Nomad Land action, and I guess I, I saw somebody tweet about Minari. But mm. I've heard Sound of Metal is really good. I'd maybe watch that one. I, I, I don't even know what it is. It's uh, do you know Riz Ahmed from uh, like Nightcrawler? He was like the sidekick yes. with Jake. 
yep. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's that dude, and he's a drummer in a metal band, but he's losing his hearing. Hmm. I'm, I think that's the elevator pitch. Okay. Uh, but it's supposed to be really good. I would watch that one, but uh, the other ones, that promising young woman or something like that. I saw a bunch of people vlog it recently, and I saw like it was a weird mix between like people who overrate it with like fives and then people who are giving it like twos. So I was like, I don't, if it, if it's that split already, it's like, I probably won't like it, you know, maybe yeah. be middle of the road. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I, I won't watch any of those. Goat movie Just question of the week. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think are some of the worst or best movies of all time that have been considered Oscar bait? In recent memory, I was not a fan of nominees like The Post, A Star is Born, 1917, and The Artist. While I did enjoy La La Land and Ford v. Ferrari. I would probably say all of the things that were just named were probably Oscar bait movies that I wouldn't be a fan of. Um, And I would also just say, like, I think the majority of Oscar movies are kind of bad anyways. You know, like, um, look at the past years, what's been nominated. Okay. So, uh, Justin did send along a list from screenrant.com. 15 okay. worst Oscar bait movies of all time. Uh, whoa. Are these movies that actually got nominated for things? Like, like Crash? Well, sorry. No, no, no. Number 15, The Lovely Bones. That may have been nominated for, like, special effects or something. But, but I think they thought it was. No, I think they, it was. They thought it was going to be an Oscar. Movie. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, War Horse. Did oh you... yeah, and then I was just like, yeah. yeah, nobody cared. Like it got a it got a best picture nomination. Warhorse did. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Damn. Interesting. Okay. Uh, curious case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> I mean, it's a Criterion film. Oh. That counts for anything. Oh, The Blind Side. Yeah, The Blind Side's not. Uh... Not great. Ooh, uh, the book thief. I oh yeah. Uh, I remember, like I know kids like that that book. Mm-hmm. I think that's why like, I did. The yeah. The Revenant. That's surprising because there's people who really like that movie. I mean, I thought it was fine, but like I do think the gimmick is a bit much. You know, in like fact, the... th- this review says the, the the movie itself was fine. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you write this, RJ? I probably could have. I just, I just think the natural light thing was a bit of a bit cheesy. Uh, 2004's Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> that, I, I, I don't even know anyone no, who's watched that. Me neither. Uh, how about A Beautiful Mind? Uh, I liked A Beautiful Mind when I watched it. I was 15, 16. Mm-hmm. So I liked it then. I liked I, I, I liked it at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was. <laughs> I doubt it uh, holds up. How about the soloist? Oof, what is? I don't even remember what that's about. Is it about a violinist? Uh, yeah. Oh, is it about the homeless guy who plays the violin? Is that uh, what that J- movie is? J- Jamie Fox and Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Right. Yeah, that seems a little dumpy. Whoa. Jay Edgar, fuck! I have never seen the uh, oh, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio makeup for J. Edgar Hoover. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't leave much to the imagination. God damn! Oh, thank you, director Clint Eastwood. Oh uh, well, that's uh, Oliver Granger's number one guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Legend. there's uh, there's Theory of Everything. 
Uh, oh, fuck that movie. This is the world's most famous scientist. But what if we talk about his girlfriends? <laughs> How about the... I remember the Iron Lady? I do remember the Iron Lady. She's still around? Uh, nope. How about extremely loud and incredibly close? Oh, isn't that supposed to be like hot shit? That movie? Mm-hmm. Big time shit. Ah, uh, there we go. Seven pounds. Hey, Jared, do you want to know something about me? You like that movie. I, I don't, <laughs> but I watched that movie in theaters on Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah, that was when I was like 16, and I was like, it's like, ugh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, guys. Something like that. And you're like, I'm going to see the seven pounds. I actually, you know what's weird? I've, I, I think I've seen the total of three movies on Christmas. Two of them had Will Smith. I think it was seven pounds. Uh... Ollie, uh, and then I think I saw Gran Torino on Christmas in theaters. But, you know, whatever. I think that's it. Okay. And number one is Crash. Yeah. Well, Crash is the whip, is like the easy, uh, yeah. whip boy, I think. But yeah. Uh... Where would we fall on that list? Obvious Oscar bait movies, boy. I mean, it's like I said, aren't they all? <laughs> oh, they're all going for that big, uh, that gold. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. You think, th- see, that's the one thing about when they opened things up in 2009. I always go back to that. When they went from just five movies to ten, however many, however up to eight to, to eight to ten. Because they cheated voting. Dark Knight out of a Oscar. <laughs> That's why they did it. That's the entire reason they opened up the category was because they gave, uh, they didn't give, or they gave it to fucking Slumdog when everyone knew The Dark Knight was the best movie that year. <laughs> Everybody knew it. And no, we all, we all, admit no, it. we all knew that Slumdog Millionaire was the best movie of 2008. We're still talking about Jai Ho. Am I right? <sighs> you know what I mean, mm. boss? Justin continues, I hate to use the word pretentious when watching a movie since I know people work hard to make art movies, but sometimes that is the Mm -hmm. only thought that comes to mind when watching a movie, and that most recently happened while watching Richard Linklater's Waking Life, which is basically slacker, but for for philosophy enthusiasts or stoners. So what does the word pretentious mean for you in terms of movies, and which ones have you attached this label to? For me, it's anything I think that, that I think Jarrett would like. I, I, it's pretentious. Yeah, I don't know. It's just people being like trying too hard, you know. I think he has supplied a list from Ranker. I'll send your of way of pretentious movies. A list, yes. Oh, okay. Oh dear. Uh, load, load, load. Who made this list? Uh, I don't know. It's on Ranker. It's it's on Ranker. So I guess this movie is getting say labeled that, like, this I way. I should know what Ranker is. It's a website. Ranker dot oh, okay. Ranker dot com. As opposed like, to a, not the Rancor, but Rancor. Uh, yeah, I know about Rancors, but more mm-hmm. like Stankor. <laughs> oh, it looks like the thumbnail is Crash already, so uh, already Crash is getting thrown in the mix here. Well, I have issue with the number one and the number two and the number three and the number four and the number five. <laughs> I don't think the first five are pretentious at all. Okay. 
I'll take, I haven't even looked at this list yet. I'll jump in on. Okay. So number one, we got Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, see, this is a movie that definitely people would accuse of being pretentious. Mm-hmm. But it's such a garbage word in general. Because like, yeah. if, if you actually take out what it means, it's like presenting something more than it is. Mm-hmm. And it's subjective, too. Uh, it is subjective, and, and I sure. find and I find a lot of people bring their own baggage yeah. to what that is. So it's I find it like I used to do it all the time when I was like twenty, twenty one. I was very obsessed with that idea mm-hmm. of like pe- people being pretentious and accusing things of being pretentious. Like it was just something like me and my all my friends we did it all the time, and it was like like super Wearing your fedoras, f- fedoras, flat caps. Watching um, Cassavetes films, car- cardigans, old, like shopping at Value Village, mm-hmm. uh, taking pictures on Polaroids. Uh, ironically, oh, of course. Yeah, see, I, I know what you mean. What, so watching, I scrolled ahead. Yeah, this list goes past fifty, so don't even bother. Some of the movies on this list make no sense. Like Brokeback Mountain is on here, and is like, it's like, how is that a pretentious I mean, movie? I mean, I think. <laughs> I think, I mean, so, so Tree of I mean, Life, that's awesome so tree, tree, tree of Life is definitely the poster child of a movie that people would call that, that yeah. I, maybe, I feel like Malik. to the, to the wonder I feel would be a better pick for Malik. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The Tree of Life's got some pretty great stuff. It's all like Terrence Malik isn't, hasn't like earned the place to make that type of movie though. It's not mm-hmm. like it's just some, some guy who's trying to be Terrence Malik. And like Richard Linklater, I mean, it is, I mean, that's always been his shtick though, is he likes his, um, yeah, you know, it, uh, whatever philosophy 101 sort of like people talking out loud conversation, mm. hangout movies. That's his, he's kind of the flip side to Kevin Smith, who is not pretentious. But what is he? Um, I don't know. He's, he's, he's Kevin Smith. <laughs> Sure is. I, sure I, is. Eyes wide shut. Yeah, people don't like that movie. That a lot of the times is people have strong objections to Vanilla mm. Sky. Um, yeah, I like Vanilla Sky. I don't think that movie is pretentious at all. I mean, people might argue that Cameron Crowe is shooting outside of his league with that movie, the way he was making it, but he wanted to make that type of movie. So that's exactly the type of movie people would call pretentious. I would mm-hmm. say like Roman Coppola. I feel like fits that bill for me. That movie, sure. that movie CQ, man, mm. that that movie. Does it stink? Uh, no one talks about it at all anymore. It's like a weird, but it's like so strange because it's like a love letter to movies like Danger Diabolique and Barbarella, which aren't exactly pretentious things. Like he's trying to bring like, I guess loftier ideas or approaches to this, like like something that people call it lower, but it's like also engaging with an era, an, a bygone era. I don't know. This is what it is. Annie Hall. Come on. See, that's what I mean. Like a lot of these movies, it's like I don't feel like these are pretentious. I think it's just movies that Pete some someone didn't like, and they're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna throw out my pretension list." Ooh, you know. So I see Cloud Atlas, and of course, the, I see uh, Tom, that one. Yeah. So I see uh, Tom uh, Tickwer, who also directed the movie Perfume, which I like quite a bit. But I can imagine a lot of people hate that movie. Ooh, I heard Huckabee's is actually pretty, uh, pretty good as far as like it fits into like that realm of i'd say waking life would mm-hmm. in your friends 
dorm room DVD shelf. That and Rules of Attraction. Yeah, Rules of Attraction for sure. Ooh, for sure. Ooh, only God forgives. Yeah, old yeah, Nick, old, old Nick Winding Refn. He's um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A, Look, that's two, that's two in a row. Magnolia. See. All these, there a lot of these movies so, yeah, are the, PTA movies and Terrence Malick movies. Th- these are like, all very, mm. these are all very mainstream movies. And I guess the question is, is does the, this style of filmmaking belong in like studio releases? And so they're going to be the ones that get accused of it the most, like The Fountain. But even though it's like, okay, Darren Aronofsky's made two movies like this now, mm-hmm. so it's like, how can you keep accusing it of those that sort of thing? That's just, it's just what he does. That's oh. just his style. Ooh, Holy Mountain. <laughs> Yeah, and like that one, it's like I don't know. I don't know if pretentious is the right word. It's just like Alejandro's just like that dude lives in a different reality. I think, and I don't mean that necessarily in a good way. Ooh, Babel. Or yeah, this, this is totally like an era. Oh, extremely loud and incredibly close. So it's these. It's Oscar bait and pretentious seem to. Mm-hmm. Ooh, last days. The, There's a movie that when you get to, you might be like, "What?" Cosmopolis. People dump on that movie unfairly. I feel. Mm-hmm. Ghost story, yeah. I imagine people feel that way about it because it's so, it's so simple. Garden mm-hmm. State, that's like the punching bag for people who like to talk about hipsters. Yep. Uh, Gummo, yeah. I've seen people talk about it that way. Uh, that uh, mm-hmm. that it's Harmony Corinne laughing down. I, people say it. I don't know. I, it works for me, but I've, I've, I've it's been See, echoed many times. Her, I would never okay, use the word pretentious okay, for the, Gummo. The, the, uh, her is crazy. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. like that one's wild to me. I mm-hmm. that not at all, not at all. Frank, yeah. I've never seen, but it, it. I don't think Frank is pretentious. No, it's like this is the same thing though. I think people calling things pretentious are the same people who like going bang on about hipsters. Uh, problematic hipsters. No, lost in no. translation. Yeah, Birdman. Yeah. Mahalan Drive. <laughs> I, again, that that one's just strange to me because you're like, huh? Are you familiar with David Lynch? This, yeah, I know. Like Dancer in the Dark. What? Bowl- Does it make sense? Bowling for Columbine. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. I mean, Michael sure. Moore's a bit of a goofball. Now, now, but... now Shape of Water. Now you might be talking. <laughs> Oh, that's speaking your language, huh? That's that's the Guillermo touch. Ooh, Guillermo. He he might actually fit my definition. Guillermo? Yeah. But he love monsters. But, yeah, I know. He but he's like a he's a simple boy who likes his toys and he's got money to spend. He's a big old lovely nerd, but mm-hmm. he makes these movies sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. What about uh The Master? Yeah. Yeah. Across, oh, oh, across the universe. Synodectiki, New York. Mm. Hey, you know, for once we're looking at a list and not talking about a list of food, which is kind of upsetting. Strange. What did you eat this week? Ooh. Um, well, the other week made some ramen that was like... Like off. homemade? Like not yeah, homemade band. from scratch. Yeah, well, uh, did use some uh, noodles from like an Ishiban package because it's just the noodles. Mm-hmm. But man, the broth was delicious. If you like the noodles, 
I don't know if uh, you have know anyone who has a Costco card, but you can get a pack of just those ramen noodles. And there's like they're like portioned out like Ichiban style. And I think there's like 20 of them in that pack. It's like eight bucks and you or like maybe not even that much. And you just buy them all and Mm. you drop them into whatever you want. It's good Um, stuff. Also made a like a kind of an egg noodle dish with some new sauce recipe that was pretty outstanding as well had some lots of soy sauce ketchup chili paste brown sugar really good uh so wait egg noodle did you say yeah oh yeah yeah andrew makes egg noodles a lot Mm -hmm. yeah uh she does this thing it's it's like a weird old european thing that her uh her family would eat it was like egg noodles with like bread like toasted breadcrumbs and like cottage cheese cottage cheese you know what i mean so the weird thing with this list that i'm looking at that doesn't really make sense to me is just a top 40 but there's like a little button thing where you can uptick or, or down ticket saying can in the question is can you smell the pretentiousness and yeah, I saw I'd that. say that like they have lots of votes, but it doesn't indicate a lot of these people are saying these aren't pretentious. And it's not until like even uh, what Holy Mountain that you start actually getting a positive of more people thinking like you actually get like a majority saying that they think this mm-hmm. is pretentious. So everything after that is just like people going, no, no, <laughs> but it's on this list. Adaptation <laughs> Southland Tales. Uh, I haven't seen that ever so yeah look at that black swan people don't like that aronofsky or wes anderson oh number 39 salo uh salo Mm. salo i don't know if that's pretentious that's just bad lucy (laughs) oh that's just that's just inaccurate that's just bad science Mm -hmm. uh yeah more sofia coppola brokeback mountain yeah, see, that's what I said. I was like, that's not even kind of pretentious. It might be Oscar Beatty in the sense of what other people are saying, but it's just oh, a good show. Oh, it's well made. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a good who you, movie. Who do you think you are? Ooh, there we go. Here's one. <laughs> Me and you and everyone we know. Ah, uh, boy. Future uh, Criterion, Miranda July. Is that good or bad? Well, I think it's that or... Yeah, I can't remember which one. There's some Miranda July coming, and I'm not happy about it. One day, like 10 years from now. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Well, enough of that. Onward yes. and forward. Foodie question of the week. There we go. Nice. Last night, me and the fam decided to treat ourselves to some bar food at a regional joint called the Carolina Ale House. We enjoyed some barbecue chicken nachos, and I got a patty melt burger we are all we also are big fried pickle fans so so wait sorry where was he at the outback steakhouse carolina ale house oh okay that's not outback steakhouse all right i none of the house is in the word for that uh, uh, title but okay <laughs> okay so you got a patty melt at the uh what, carolina ale what house. is a patty melt burger well, I mean, I'm guessing it's just an open face burger. Like, there's no top to the bun, because like a patty melt, so what, just patty with cheese melted. So what's the? So how's it? A, like, isn't this like an open face sandwich? Yeah, but, but I think like, that's all that. But on a burger bun or whatever, but it's like the bottom. 
it's I think it's like a steak sandwich, but with a patty instead of a steak is what I would guess, right? Like, cause you know, steak sandwiches, like steak sandwiches are a little bit out there too. Like sometimes you'll get a good piece of garlic bread. Sometimes you get this dinky little like twig, and you're just like, what is this shit? I'm looking it up, bread. I'm looking this up. This is like baked milk shit. Patty milk melt burger. I think it's a steak sandwich, but just with a hamburger a patty. Patty melt. So, so a patty melt's like a grilled cheese sandwich. But what's this? Is it like a grilled cheese burger? I mean, we have those. It looks like there. that's what. It lo- Do we? We have grilled cheese burgers. Yeah. Where? Uh, go to uh, Original Joe's. You can get a grilled cheese burger there. Oh, okay. It's like grilled that- cheeses, and there's a burger patty in, in okay, the middle. I- I can say I have never eaten one or even seen one in the wild. So this is new to me. Oh, I've had one. It was okay. It's a bit more. It's like it's a bit more than you bargain for, if you know what I mean. Well, like the grilled it, well ones, a, gr- a, gr- a grilled cheese is plenty. Grilled cheese. And then I got a burger patty in there. I don't know. Well, the one it's I'm wild. talking about. Wild. It's two grilled cheeses with a patty in the middle of the two grilled cheeses. Fuck me. That's what they have at Original Joe's. Jesus. That place is yeah. crazy because that was like state and Maine, right? They were like the same outfit and like they're oh yeah 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 they're uh, extravagant with their uh, plate spreads. I mean, they're, I guess they're charging so much. I mean, like you expect some value with their well. Like, state and Maine went out of business, so like well, they cl- at least now they just closed that one locally. Probably because they were so their stuff was so crazy. I feel like there was other factors in that one, <laughs> like domestic terrorism. <laughs> what like proud boys yeah um anyway so what are your yeah. favorite bar foods you might see yourself chowing down on as the chiefs take on the bucks this sunday <laughs> see jared you're for once you're in the loop on a sports thing. i i know what that means you know what that means because of like an hour ago so jared what is your favorite bar foods <sighs> man jeez I, I do it might surprise people, but you know, I do like some some bar foods. Well, I mean, no one's ever disputed that you like food. Well, I do appreciate food. Um mm-hmm. but I guess bar food has not really come up before because that's a very particular genre. That's a it's definitely a genre. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Remember uh speaking of original Joe's uh on this podcast, I remember mm-hmm. having like a street dog. And I remember Ooh, they got like, a good street dog. Yeah, but it's like an eighteen dollar hot dog. Oh yeah, it's a price. Like uh, Hudson's has a hot dog that's wrapped in bacon yeah. and deep fried. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not eighteen bucks. It's like fifteen though. That's still good. Hmm. Yeah. Damn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta contemplate. What, what would you, Jorge? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I, I like eating at the bar. <sighs> I mean, it depends what I'm there for. Like, if I'm just there with a buddy or something, we'll just I, I will just get like some fries or some wings because that's easy to eat when you're trying to do something. Drink. Yeah, when you're trying to drink, you just because you do want something that just kind of like casual. So like fries and wings are good for that. Um, I do. Uh, I'm always. I'm just a big burger boy. So wherever we go, mm. I do like to try burgers. I know you can make burgers at home, but I I like it's I like bar same. burgers. That's not the same. It's not the same yet. They like toast their buns up good. I toast my buns at home too, but it's just, it's not the same. So, uh, those hot dogs are pretty good. Um, poutine is always a good, good. If I'm actually hungry, it's like, I need something to eat. I'm going to get a poutine, uh, hot, fresh from Quebec. 
Quebecois? On va pour I? On I? Et pas I? Oh? That's French. I, 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 I noticed that like people always talk about the Italian. No one gives a shit about the French. The French accent? Yeah, nobody likes the. Nobody cares about the French. But yeah, everyone's Actually, always mad people, about my Italian. People, people should have a problem with the English, though. Man, those those people are just colonialists. Yeah, they're they're offensive. They're on our on our YouTube, man. They're always the ones like they, oh. when they, when they leave some comment, they're always talking about how we're American. And they're like, I gotcha. It's like the ultimate insult, you Americans. And you're like, huh. Well. You're like, and they get they, they get they get very upset uh, that we don't like Long Good Friday. What? <laughs> yeah. Who like, cares? Exactly. Well, even like, I don't think we didn't dis neither of us like dislike that. We were like, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, movie. Did you ever did you read that comment? <laughs> no. Oh my god. Is it pretty bad? Oh, it's just the same tedious assholes. Uh, I, I remember us being like oh, here we go. warm on that. Here we, here, here we go. Thank the heavens there are people at Criterion that recognize a great film when they see it. If it was left up to some people who don't get any cultural references or an oh, era of Britain they have little to no knowledge about, then we would have a very poor collection of films indeed. The Long Good Friday God. is one of the greatest British films ever made. To someone who grew up in 80s Britain, all the references oh, and portents the film produces are very accurate. Hoskins' performance was magnificent. Great soundtrack. Track two, spelt wrong. Maybe the film is lost on Americans due to the cultural differences and little knowledge of eighties Britain. <laughs> oh my god, what a what a loser! Like, like it, that's the kind of thing. It's like the context. It's like, well, yeah, this guy clearly knows nothing about eighties Canada. I can tell him about that. Like, I'm not going to show up to his house and be like, you fucking loser. You don't know anything about eighties Zimbabwe. You piece of shit. It's like, yeah, I of course we don't know anything about 80s England. But it, I think his comment is more ignorant than anything else or hers or whatever. Like whoever this person is, their comment's just ignorant because it's like, you know, Jared, what they're saying that we don't do, they're doing the same thing by not rec- knowing where we're from, you know. So uh, don't be ignorant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, ignorant. Yeah. And then or otherwise I'll call you American. Yeah, let's say, look at this American. Yeah. Doesn't know anything about poutine. <laughs> poutine. Poutine. Damn, I was supposed to be figuring out, like, bar food that I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of. Are, okay, are you a fried pickle guy? No. Are you a deep-fried jalapeno guy? No. Are you a deep-fried mac and cheese guy, like the no. arancini balls? No, but I would have a, if, have, if they have a little side of a mac and cheese, I will definitely eat that. You'll be flipping in that little cheese. What about beef dip? You a big beef dip boy at the bar? When I was 12 years old. Yeah, same, same. I was yeah, I haven't had one for a while. Yeah, I was same. about the, the beef dip. Yeah, this dude's always dipping that beef is what I've heard. Uh, I'm just looking at their menu. Burger and handhelds. <laughs> Wait, which menu? Original Joe's? Yeah. Let's see. What would I grab? You know what's great there? You know, is, honestly, uh, you know what? Fries and dill yeah, dip. There, there's one of my, actually one of my go-tos would be like a, you know, uh, a buffalo chicken wrap, I guess. Oh, yeah. I would probably ask for grilled chicken and just soaked okay. in hot sauce. But usually they, they'll have it. Oh, okay. Speaking of that, so I was like thinking out loud recently, chatting with like, some folks about like the little, um, 
the little cart that they bring out, the little uh, caddy of like with your, like of, ketchup of, and of, barbecue yeah. sauce. So I think that's not going to be a thing anymore. I fucking hope not. In in the uh, post COVID world, because yeah. you remember, like you go for that hot sauce and it's just encrusted and disgusting. <laughs> like I don't know, boogers M- matter. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone's supposed and to be then, like, yeah, just op- open up that lid. Oh, it's a little stuck. <laughs> it's like, good. Or like, I mean, also the, the ketchup bottle where it's like you're at the breakfast place and you know someone's just jamming that that knife in there to jam loose that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know where that knife's been. I don't, have they been cutting into that pancake already? I don't or know. Plus, or into that sausage? Oh, yeah. And like, and another thing, too, it's like you're touching that hot sauce bottle that has like questionable crud on the back of it. And then it's like, uh, and then you're just supposed to use your hands to open the, to eat with after you touch whatever this crud was. Crud? crud. Real crud? No. Yeah, those are gross. There's a lot of things that I hope never come back because of like uh, the COVID world, you know? <laughs> hey, but speaking of hot sauce, and uh, because we're apparently the original Joe's podcast now. Yep. Uh, so like on Fridays after work, when we were allowed to go out, uh, we would go, um, to original Joe's because it was close by me and a couple guys. Uh, and I had a buddy there who would get chicken fingers and then he'd get fries tossed in hot sauce. So they'll toss your fries in hot sauce for you there, which uh, you'd think it'd be like, well, what if they get soggy? They didn't. They held up pretty good, actually. Okay. But but the dill dip there? Ooh, baby. You you dill dip, boy? Dill dip. Uh, you know about that? Yeah, you I know about that? it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not, it's not my thing, but it's okay. Yeah. I like it. If, if I was nice. if I was looking for like some moisture in my food, I would I would Ooh. I would I would fuck with it. Uh, but do you remember Shit. like the do you remember the era of like Hawaiian burgers were a thing? They were real, it was real crazy. And there was like Aloha burgers or whatever they were called. Kona them. burgers. Kona burgers. Yeah. That's the original Joe's one. Is the Kona burger? Yeah. <laughs> I like the Ace Burger from the original Joe's. Joe's. Hey, they're like, they realize, hey, if you throw pineapple on this, people will love it. <laughs> So like, there's always like a burger that they someone comes across and suddenly it's everywhere. It's like one it's day, one, one day like Cajun was a burger, Cajun style, and, and then but then it moved on, and then like yeah, it's it's always these things. I think the the thing last year was brioche buns. Everywhere oh. I went, oh. brioche buns, and, and it's like, <laughs> I don't. What were you gonna say? Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's been around for a bit. I know, but I I just I uh, last year I saw it like more than normal i was like why are there so many fucking brioche buns everywhere like is this the thing in right now seemed like it i don't know i don't know i don't, I don't know. know um so yeah so i don't know I, I won't be eating any bar food at all since our bars won't be allowed to be open on uh super bowl yeah but they're they're opening uh in uh, nine days so you can go and sit next to some other people and slap down some fries and stuff well, restaurants will be open on monday oh so it's even five days from now <laughs> yeah there you go so you, uh, yeah after it won't be till monday oh yeah but you can get takeout for the super bowl i won't be doing either of those things <laughs> You don't want to get a pizza for the Super Bowl? I, that would require me to watch football. Tech Talk. Football. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Have you guys ever bought or been given any devices that ended up becoming fail technology? 
for instance, I had one of those red Nintendo Virtual Boys. Oh, God. Despite oh, yeah. being on Team Blu-ray during the format war, I picked up an HD DVD player for the hell of it one Black Friday, and my family's first DVD player had a feature called DivX on it from the Circuit City, um, which played $5 DivX movie discs that would expire unless you paid more to own it. That's all for now. Hope you guys have a great show. Cheers. Cheers. It's good to hear from all of our uh, friends in the world out there. I mean, in terms of bad tech, I think every cell phone I've had is just designed to break three years later, right? Um, I would consider my Chromecast like oh, a piece of yeah. failed technology. That thing, yeah, it it, it was completely overshadowed by the, mm-hmm. the Roku stick or Fire Sticks. The Fire Sticks. They're just so much better. In fact, I saw someone tweet out something interesting about how like, what are Google's successes, like, when they've, like, reached out into other fields, like, doing things? There's Stadia a, didn't work. There, there's a lot of failure under mm-hmm. Google, and it's it's interesting just how big they are, but mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of shit. They don't, they don't get a lot of shit for. Uh... Well, I mean, look at how much has failed. So it's, like, Chromecast, Stadia. Uh, what was that Google thing that they were trying to do? It was like, not like the new Google Gmail, but it was something else like that where everyone was like, why would we fucking use this thing? And I actually have a gripe. So like, you know, um, you? you know how like, yeah, yes, me. I know I'm, I'm, I rarely have them. Uh, so where I work, everyone uses Google docs cause we have like drive for free. Yep. Uh, or like our, like our work pays for it. So everyone uses Google docs and it is like the clunkiest fucking mm-hmm. like, thing like it doesn't work like it doesn't catch like spelling mistakes it doesn't have any formatting like oh i hate it google docs sucks yep and 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 what's awesome too is the reason why is google just gets to harvest all that data and all that information and it gets to look at it all everyone's just like oh it's free because institutions have no money and they're Mm -hmm. like well we'll let let the companies take over no the companies are like yeah sure we'll take your information they're like, yeah, come on over. We don't, we don't know what we want to do with it yet, but one day we'll, we'll sell you a crappy product that will cancel anyway. And it'll be a new Google Doc. I one of their best products uh, that I was always fond of was uh, their the Google Reader, Google Feed, whatever it was called, way back when. It was oh, fam- yeah. it was the best. And then they just upped and ended it, and you had to transfer it all over to Feedly, or and just completely abandon mm. the way that you use uh, in red websites sucked yeah that does suck the world never recovered i remember having a sony mini disc player Uh, i had a mini disc those were pretty cool uh mine was really interesting because it actually could record things and i could rip things it's because i was using it for uh making some movie at some point or other oh my gosh and uh have uh, access to that movie uh what and then huh? anyway uh yeah i still have that thing but it was like a weird piece because they realized that you could circumvent copyright and they were very worried about this back in 2003 but mm. i was able to snag one from like a refurbished thing at future shop future shop still existed mm-hmm. but that's it's hilarious the effort i put in and the amount of money i spent on that at the time and uh it's completely worthless and not, I mean, it's not best quality. It doesn't have to be completely worthless. If you bring it back, you could start using it to listen to music. 
I could. <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to get somehow some of that information onto the mini disc. You just need somewhere that has a floppy disk drive, like a. Oh. <laughs> at the university, I'm sure there's a tower there that has a floppy disk. Perhaps no? the, maybe the archivists do in the library. Uh, you'll find one. Mm-hmm. I trust. I trust. Yeah, the Virtual Boy was a bad one. That's present. That one didn't work very well, but hey, at least they tried. That's right. Innovators. Well, thank you all for emails. Yes. The 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 kind of emails I like to read. What kind? Listener emails. Oh, okay. Not, yeah, that's good not too. not work emails. RJ, what have you been creeping on this week? Not much. Not much, but I do have movies I watched last week before we recorded the one podcast. Go on. I mean, I could tell you about those. Sure. Uh, I watched Shirley. You might have interest in this film. I you know have, about Shirley. Yeah, about this? Was the this like Shirley Jackson, Jackson. thing that mm-hmm. like has a weird. It's one of those other like, hey, this is about how art is made through yeah through torture and pain. And it's like, hmm, again. <laughs> Again, yeah. There's nothing new on this one. Uh, it's okay. It's like um, I didn't like how uh, in my review I said frenetic, but I didn't like how much the camera moved around. Like it was never just still, okay. and I was just like, just fucking stay still. That's like, like Grandpa st- Simpson. <laughs> but like, you, I, I understand what you're saying. It just, yeah. it just sounds you, you sound like an thing, old fogey. I know, but like 30 minutes into it, you like it doesn't. It never stops, and you're just like, stop moving. Stop moving the camera because it's always just like bobbing around and you're like, stop, stop. Uh, I think it's like it's interesting. But when we were watching it, Andrea was like looking up Shirley Jackson and she's like, this movie doesn't seem very accurate. (laughs) And it's like it seems a little exaggerated. And like they kind of make they kind of make her out to be like a little unstable mentally. And then but it was like that's not really like what it was. And I was like, is this like a slam piece against Shirley Jackson? Like trying to like belittle her name or something like that so it was kind of weird like you know what i mean there were just weird things in there were just like it doesn't seem like that's how she actually was so why would they make her like uh i don't know like seem this way it's okay though it's not a bad movie or anything like that it's just uh there were a few things in there i was like hmm, it's weird hey jared you ever heard of seven days in hell i remember when this aired this is hbo I- right it is. It's like a 40-minute HBO, uh, like, just little joke documentary. It's good. I like this thing. <laughs> uh, do you like Andy Samberg, Jarrett? Nah, not really. Okay, you might not like this then. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty uh, hit and miss with that guy. But it does have some of your other people that I know you do like, like Will Forte and Fred Armisen. I think you like those guys, right? Like, you like MacGruber. You know, you're a MacGruber man, right? I am. Yeah. So it's it's kind of, it has that like uh, vibe to it too. Just like a joke about tennis. Uh, not all the jokes are good. Some of the jokes are pretty bad. Uh, but on the whole, butthole, I liked it. I thought it was good. thought it was a good show. Wait, is Will Forte MacGruber or is that someone else? Yeah. He's MacGruber, right? Yeah, that's MacGruber. Yeah. Okay. I went to his page and MacGruber is like 40 movies down. On his popularity, which is a bummer. Uh, but that was a good show. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I did watch some TV with Andy that I think you might be mildly interested in. Uh, so you, you hear about this Barry show, Jared? You hear about this? Mm-hmm. Seriously? I know 
-hmm. I know you don't like Bill Hader. I don't like Bill Hader at all. I, I all these fucking SNL people. I know they suck. I know you don't they like Bill suck. Hader. Would you be willing to give this show a try? It's an HBO show. I've heard it's good. It is good, but yeah, it's got Bill Hader, and I don't like him. And he's an assassin. And it sounds quirky. It's not as quirky as you think. It's very like uh, toned down. Like he's very, uh, he's very straight in this show. Like there's not. He doesn't have as much comedy as the people around him do. So he's pretty – he plays it pretty straight. He's a uh, a war vet that has PTSD. Mm -hmm. And that that's what the whole show is about. Okay. He's an assassin too, but that's not really – I mean, I don't think that that's what the, the big hook of the show is. It's more just about this dude who has PTSD and is like – doesn't know what to do anymore. Does he go kill people? Does he become an actor? I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to grow up, Jarrett. Uh, but it's it is good. I think it's very good. It's a good show. We watched we watched it all. It was very good. You know, that doesn't sound like Deep Space Nine to me. It's not. It's not. But then after that, Andrew was like curious into this stuff, and she started uh, watching Dexter. Ugh. And so I've seen the first season of Dexter. So I watched a couple with her, uh, or like uh, she was watching. And I was like, oh yeah, I know like this first season. Um, and she's like, the show's kind of bad. I was like. It, it like go, seeing it now it's like a weird soap opera and there's stuff in it that's just like outright like goofy bad and you're like what the fuck i was like I, this isn't how i remembered this show but. oh no, no see i i remember it that as being a terrible show <laughs> but yeah may, maybe everyone's gonna look back when they because there's that new season the new and season everyone's gonna like oh, i gotta rewatch it and then i'll go oh this is, <laughs> this hasn't aged well and uh, it hasn't like there's the filming and it, all that junk is fine, but like some of the character stuff, it's just like, yeah. it's like, this is dumb. Like this is goofy. I won't harp on it too much, but I think I've said before, I think it's like the supporting characters on that show are awful. Like they suck. They're yeah. so that first episode, they're so badly written. The dialogue <laughs> sucks. The characters suck. And yeah. I was out. Even Dexter's pretty badly written. Like there's some stuff that was like, like, we were laughing at it like, and it's not supposed to be funny. There's like this monologue and Dexter's just like, he's like, I'm not like other people. I'm different. I'm not a monster. I'm Dexter. And then it's like that. And you're just like, ew. <laughs> you're like, that's goofy. Anyways, I don't think we're going to be watching that show, well, but here's the sad thing, Jared. I have two episodes of DS9. Oh, I know I've I've had a I've, I've had a long week, but you know I do think this next week I'll be able to finally finish off season five, which you've been done for what three weeks now, uh, almost. Yeah, about that. Yeah, but I did hit a wall with this season of DS Nine because I feel like this season's been pants, in a in a in a way, but I do have two episodes for you, and then uh, I'll catch up, and then you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, Jared. Okay. So I think. The last one we watched was 520, which yes. is the Moogie episode. Yeah. So we talked about that. Uh, 521. Klingons are nerds. And Dax, Lady Macbeth's two out of four stars, I think. This is 521, right? Yep. yep. Soldiers yep. of the Empire. Yep. So I, I think this is the Lady Macbeth episode for Dax. And I, I thought it was okay, but uh, I'm not a big Dax person, so... Well, this is—I mean—you're kind of burying the lead. This is this is about uh, about uh, how Montauk gets his groove back. Yeah. Oh, see, that's a better review of yeah. this episode. 
Yeah. See, I was more... It's, it's, um, see, I thought you'd be more into this, because this is all about, like... Because uh, they basically talk about how the Klingons are space pirates. And, and you get to see, like, life on a Klingon ship that we don't really ever get to see ever. I did like that part of it, but it's like I said, I think there's too much Dax in here for me. I don't like Dax. I find her abrasive yeah. and annoying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she kind of is um, there. And her whole thing in, in this one is like, you know, Worf, you should be... Uh, you should Ste- be the captain of this ship. Well, I was well, saying, like, there's a mutiny on this goddamn ship. Yeah. It's like, you need a strong arm, Worf. You got to get in, in the, there. The, so the one thing that this episode left me thinking about, though, was what are Klingon scientists like? Did we see them in this one? No, but they mentioned it. Okay. Kind of, they, just in passing, they just mentioned, oh, yeah, they developed this new technology. And it's like, whoa. And I started thinking, like, when did the warrior... Like, because if they're so focused on, like, obviously, you can't just fight war with, like, dudes with, like, swords. Like, there would be the people who are, like, developing. Like, what? who are the philosophers of Klingon? Well, I imagine the war, the scientists are warrior scientists, right? And their goal is to beat other scientists in, like, invention and innovation. Right. Where's that TV show? Yeah. Is that Discovery? No. It's like Man. cyborg. It's like Cylon Klingons or some shit. I, I still can't believe what they did to them. Like I, like I don't. I haven't seen the show, so maybe there's an explanation. But that picture alone, I was like, what? <laughs> Why would they change it? Yeah. Why would they change it? So it's, you like this episode? It's, I, I it's, take it. Yeah, it's just like it's it's okay. It's not, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. Like I said, just... I, I came into this like not with months of Star Trek baggage. And I'm watching. This yeah. is all fairly still fresh-ish. And I think this episode was an uptick from the previous ten. <laughs> yeah. The last ten episodes have been pretty like whatever, yeah. and this one was like it's okay. It's a it's a but yeah. Dax is this is like her. She's like less annoying in this one compared to other ones. Yeah. We, we've had the the resort island episode in this. So yeah, and see, I think that's what I think the, the biggest difference between our watching right now is I am like in the middle of probably one of the the roughest star trek binges or not rough but like uh grueling i guess because i've done almost three series now within a calendar year kind of Hmm. or like a a full year almost because when did i start the original series was that april i guess i think it was april so i should be done ds9 by then hopefully if i can pick up my watching again here um but yeah, I think that's what it is. So like, you're you're coming in fresh. You got a, got a new set of eyes on it. So maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need, Jared. Mm-hmm. Get get but us yeah, through this tough spot. Get us through this tough spot. Yeah, this season's been a little tough on me, and uh, lately Dax has been annoying me. Yeah, but, that's fair. Uh, the next one is five twenty two, uh, old O, and uh, <laughs> I think this is. I mean, I don't want to do this, but I think this is like a two point five out of four. It's yeah. almost a three. It's it's not a bad episode. It's a. I mean, it's it's still got the same problems. This is so. This yes. is a Children of Time. So this is yeah. a feels like padding out a season, but this is probably the first episode in forever. I would guess that is like a classic Star Trek episode. Yes, a hundred percent. That has like issues and. Uh, Things to talk about. And, like, yeah, it's taken out this, it has a concept and it runs with it. So, um, yeah, my first note was old school. Um, so the, the episode is that the, the principal characters of the show are all in the Defiant and mm-hmm. they're, they're, they've gone somewhere to go check something out and they're making their way back 
And then they get some, like, oh, Dax picks up a signal coming off of this planet that's under some weird energy field. And they're like, oh, we should take a look at it because who knows when we'll ever get a chance to look back at it. There, there could be something to this. We should study it for science. And they're like, mm-hmm. what's the big deal? What's the worst that could happen? Well, mm-hmm. they get sucked in and they they crash-ish on the planet. Crash-ish on the planet. Kira they is, get stranded Kira, on the planet. Kira, Kira's kind well, not quite stranded, but like they have some downtime on this planet. Yeah. Uh, Kira's kind of injured a little bit because she gets electrocuted by the energy field. And they find this community that lives mm-hmm. on the planet, and the, everybody on the planet knows who these the, the the crew are because apparently, what happens is is in like what three days from now they leave and on their way out of the atmosphere their ship hits another energy blast they come crashing back down and mm-hmm. they just wind up having to live the rest of their existence on the planet while repopulating it or populating it and uh they meet their because they get also thrown back in time that's an important element yes and and so basically they go back whatever hundreds of years in the past and they went mm-hmm. so they meet their own descendants of when they're stranded on the island so it's yeah. kind of a a neat idea because the whole time you're also yeah. thinking well we're, when, when are they going to pull the other one saying oh this is fake but it's like no this mm-hmm. is legit like this is actually what happened and they don't play it as like this would be like a entire image comics mini series or ongoing series i feel and this, this would be a whole season almost yeah and this is just yeah. one episode mm-hmm. of this idea and so it's like one of those weird things you're watching star trek it's like very condensed in its storytelling yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah so like you're watching it so their idea though is like so the there's a, now a man who's the dax and uh yep and he's the scientist, and he's like, oh, I've been figuring out how to get you off of here because of what's happened before. And I have an idea that you'll be able to escape through the atmosphere, and then it'll, but it'll split off where there will be a ship that crashes and one mm-hmm. that goes out beyond, and it'll be perfect. Everyone here will stay alive, and uh, you, you will continue on back to your ship. And you're like, huh, I guess you would never know one way or another if it worked, though. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that stuff where it's like, well, if you do this, this will happen. It's kind of like, but would it? It's like, would it though? And would you guys? There's like a big toss up there in there too. It's like, are you guys gonna exist? Probably not. So does it? Yeah, and there's this thing like, too where it, 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 the episode, in the context of like this war that's fomenting, this Dominion war on the horizon, you're like, well, mm-hmm. worst comes to worst, if Cisco just stays on the this planet forever and uh, everyone else does, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, you can't go back and fight in this war. And like, well, what's the worst that could happen? It's like, well, the Dominion could take over. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this could, or I mean, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be if you're a, a Bajoran who believes in this stuff. But and be like, maybe if we go back, the Dominion will take over. Right. So they don't really get into that part of it, though. It's more of like the yeah. issue of like, what do they owe these people they don't know? And it's like, mm-hmm. are their lives and their continued, you know, lives worth more than the existence of these 800 people who mm-hmm. live in the middle of nowhere, who have like an entire like little culture that's based around the teachings of Quark teaching math. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's like the people who like decide to go uh, uh, live off the land and be like Klingon mm-hmm. warriors. And, yep. they, and they don't even have to be Klingon. No, because it's the way of the warrior. Little little ginger boy wants to be a Klingon. Yeah, and I mean, I like Worf likes him too. He's like he's like you have the way of the mm-hmm. warrior. 
Um, that we also get introduced to polished Odo. Oh yes, old O. Uh, he's here. His ears are off-putting. He's because re- uh, he's because he's real. This is like the actor all yeah. gu- gussied up. It's just really him. His hair is and normal. <laughs> his hair is okay, and you know I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think old uh, old O is a little selfish in this episode. Well, we'll get there. Um, mm-hmm. And but of course there comes the point where you start going. Wait a minute. I, I think this Neo Dax guy is uh, is is a bad man. I think I think he's full of shit. And then the episode goes, "Oh yeah, I know he is," because he's lying to because he realizes what will happen. He has to set this coordinate for this mm-hmm. to happen. Otherwise, it wipes out his own existence. So it's like, is he a bad man who's trying to like ensure his survival? His existence, yes. actually, not even his survival, his existence. His existence, yeah, yeah, because he'll just cease to exist otherwise. But see, all the Daxes are bad. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, Dax is bad. I think, I'm not sure if this is a quote from the episode. Uh, oh no, it is in fact. Where uh, <laughs> it's like when Worf goes to get the, uh, the the his little Klingon warriors, he says there's there's an enemy we must battle. We must go do it. And they show up to the field to the plant, like, and he says time is the enemy. <laughs> time is the enemy. That, that's, very, all... that's very that's uh, very Roddenberry esque. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like. Uh... <laughs> It's it's like if they I I would have I'd like a montage of Worf showing up places with his little soldiers. He's like, "There's an enemy we need," and at one place it'd be like hunger, and they'd be at like the soup kitchen, like serving out food to like homeless people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You could have a whole whole show based on that. Here you go, and see. So yeah, then you get some a whimsical planting montage. Ah uh, yes, yeah. Well, Cisco's working hard. Well, everyone starts going because like at that point, Miles O'Brien's like, "Fuck these people." Fuck these <laughs> these descendants of mine. I'm getting out of here. Well, because he's the only one who's like, my family's not here. They're all back on the station. Yeah, he's he's got something yeah. to live for else, elsewhere. He's like, I don't, I don't agree to this. And then of course, after he plants with them, he goes, Oh, we can't we can't do it. And so mm-hmm. they agree. Okay, this is the course we're going to we're going to do it up proper. The whole time, um, old Doe has been romancing um, Kira Stone. Up. And like saying, "Hey, baby, I've always loved you." He tells her the whole thing. He just says, "Yeah, I've loved you all this whole time." Yep. And then mm-hmm. Oldo, he, uh, I put it, reverse Kirks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, because unlike in City on the Edge of Tomorrow, where where Kirk has to make a sacrifice, because yes. he has to do, it's not what he wants; it's what's best for time itself. Mm-hmm. Um, o- Odo reprograms uh, the coordinates to, to create the accident that results in the eight thousand people existing. Yep. And uh, yeah, the, the ship leaves, and they're wiped out. Uh, love wipes out eight thousand people. Yes, it does. And it it's implied. Like I don't know about you, but for me at least, it was a little bit implied that Oldo. He was like, I want these people to live. He's like, but it'd be cooler if you and I were dating. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kill these people so that we could maybe date. Well, it's not just that. It's not just because they're going to date. It's because Kira will not be dead. Because Kira yeah, dies. Yeah, that's Kira the other one. Because Kira yeah. dies of her injury, and there's no mm-hmm. way to save her without her getting back to the station. So right. that is actually what he's all about, is saving the one. He, he makes the selfish decision. Uh, you could argue because at this point, mm-hmm. all the crew had agreed, and of course they can't figure out why because they don't know. We don't, and we don't know till the very, very end of the episode what's occurred. Uh-huh. They're saying, "Ah, oh, oh, uh, new Dax must have changed it. He must have changed his mind. We, we'll never mm-hmm. know." 
Um, but of course, there's a conundrum, as time travel always does. If that Odo didn't exist to save them, then then how does that ex- how does that happen? Uh, I but, see what you're saying. Yeah. And however, uh, so OG Odo. He's like been hanging out on the ship the entire time for some reason. I think there's like a whole thing about not meeting your double, but that ha- that happened yeah. off screen. And he's like, he informed yeah. me that he did it out of love for you. And just so you know that he, the reason why 8,000 people no longer exist is because my future self thought very passionately and strongly about you. Good night. And that's and then, the end of the episode. <laughs> it's like, what? It's See, like, I think, I think that's even worse because young Odo. That's even more selfish because he could have just he could have just said. sat on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you can see immediately Kira like horrified. He her, she's horrified. She feels bad, and she's like, "I would have died instead." But then, and then it's just like, boom, Rick Berman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, they, they, these are bold, bold storytelling beats that. It's just like the Cisco thing from like a couple episodes ago, where he's yeah. like genocide or or, or, or tempted maybe. <laughs> Release the bomb. The the bio terrorism. Release the chemical weapon. Yeah. On the people. Yeah. Bio and- bio terrorism. Good times. And so and now you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> like that's that's pretty heavy stuff that d- barely comes up later and is totally forgotten about in like a few episodes, never to be brought up ever again. Well, they sh- they shake it off in the episode itself. Hey, remember when you committed terrorism? <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell. Uh, I forgot to tell the bosses about that one. <laughs> You're such a Cisco. Cisco. So anyway, yeah, uh, st- very <laughs> strange approach. Oh yeah. Uh, to to Star Trek dumb in this like oh it's like oh it's like a Roddenberry uh, ethical debate and then. <laughs> Hey, here's a uh, here's a big bag of festering shit. Have a good one. A big bag of festering you, shit. You good? Sleep, well, sleep tight. Sleep tight. Yeah, see, I like that one. I like I like how you do that. But it's so like, yeah, it's but, it's not not even, but you can't just like take the bag and throw it out the like out, out the window. You're stuck with it. It's like that stink's never going to leave you. Yeah, they're like, so can I like throw this out? And he's like, no, no. You hold on to that. That's you know that's yours, baby. Because a guy who well, doesn't exist anymore made it so. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you. See, I think because does Odo yeah. does, does Odo feel bad about that? Because he no, never he doesn't. Well, he didn't meet he didn't meet any of them for whatever reason because he was like on the ship. I didn't understand that. He that was, like did. Well, was it that he didn't leave because he would maybe run into old O? And and, and then and then but that wasn't said. off screen. I think so. And and then he did, because that's the only way he knew this information. Yeah, and like even that too, and it's just like and see that's why I think Oldo is a bit selfish as well because when they like he like bonds with him and then he's basically just like we are one or something like that and it's like ah so this fucker gets to keep living even after everyone else is dead essentially because he's like they've done their little like uh little saliva swap with their arms and they're like and they've gooped each other you know goop goop you know goop Gwyneth Paltrow's goop Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's this this episode's got the depth to it Jared heft well heft uh so that was 
see, even though we only had two episodes, we we talked for a while about that. Do I have some good things to look forward to coming up? Or you do? Yes, yes, you do. Okay, so um, I think I should be able to get one episode a day in at least okay. for the next week. Yeah, you better start getting into some season six. So we got we got an exercise bike and uh, <sighs> like to try to improve ourselves. I don't care about myself anymore, but Andrea doesn't want me to die <laughs> for some reason. So uh, I'm going to I'll I'll throw on an episode of uh, DS9 and I'll go on the bike for 40 minutes a day. That's that's a fair compromise, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, so I should be able to get at least one a day, unless, and then maybe more if I can, maybe more, maybe more. Did you watch anything else, Jared? I or do I, I, I watched season two of Mandalorian. Holy shit! See, I, we can talk about that. Well, we can. Um, I also uh, got up to about halfway through season ten of Simpsons. Oh, so you even powered through nine? You're still going? I thought you were going to just quit at nine. I'm done. I'm You're done, done now. now. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, uh, there are some fucking terrible episodes in season, in season 10. ten. I can't. Uh, yeah. Let me see season ten. Yeah, it's pretty stink. Some of them. Uh, in oh, fact, there's like the episodes that people often point to as like the real turning point. It's like, oh no, it came before then. It's often a uh, Homer to the Max. Uh, is that when he changes his name to Max Powers? Yeah, that's the episode. Okay. That episode's not terrible the episode i really disliked was uh lisa gets an a lisa gets an a and yeah, i don't the, know the title but that what? so that's the episode where oh, when lisa, lisa, cheats. lisa cheats because like she gets she goes home sick and then she starts playing this like fucking video game called like dingo yeah. or whatever and it sucks like they spend so much time with this like and it becomes indicative of all future bad simpsons it becomes yeah. the template and so many and, oh, it's so unfun like it's it's not even like it's unfunny because there's like the one bit where I had never actually seen this episode before, but where um, Ralph is on the computer and he's getting educated. Oh yes, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, she gets a, a she cheats because she gets Nelson to give her her paper because she was sick. The key. Yeah, yeah, to the Wind in the Willow quiz, and then because of that, Mark uh, they got they get more funding from the state. And now everyone's, and then she tells them that immediately that that she cheated, and then everyone's okay with the cheat because it gave them mm-hmm. money, and they can talk about all the things they can buy now at their poor ass public school. Ah, uh, yeah, it the the characterization of it makes no sense. And then there's also the pinchy thing with the lobster. Yeah, that's and not like, great. And then like Marge is like really like really wants to eat this lobster so bad. I'm like, she wouldn't care. It's a bit out of character. It's all all the character. This is the beginning of characters not making sense anymore uh then there's an episode a couple from that one called mayored to the mob well with your buddy mark hamill yeah that's stunk and uh the worst though is where so homer gets trained to be a bodyguard and there's a bit where he just starts like knocking out the family members and then he knocks out himself and hits his head it's just like fucking shit like i i was pretty ready to throw in the towel and then i I just kept painting and I needed something just on in the background. And then the lot, there's like the episode where they, they actually do go to the Super Bowl and it's got mm-hmm. uh, Fred Willard in it. That one's not bad, but yeah. the level of good now is so <laughs> low mm-hmm. and it's only going to get worse. The worst episode from season nine though. Oh, that Mary Poppins episode. Oh yeah. That one's not good. 
Yeah, yeah. I, so I think, I think it's season at, eight or nine, whatever it is. I'm looking at season ten, and uh, there's a couple episodes in there I I do like, but there are a couple. There's a good bit of episodes in there where I'm like, mm, and I just flipped over to nine, and uh, like Homer in New York, we already talked about is great, but the principal, the re, the redo uh, on Principal Skinner, I never liked that. You know, rewatching it this time, I didn't mind it. There's like no, still, it's not and, bad. and the ending because like they totally hand wave it. Um, yeah, where they're like, and now we'll never speak of it again. Like it never happened, and it's just over with. It's it didn't like it didn't infuriate me as much as the memory of it. I will say. Well, they kind of write it off in a sense where it's like, well, the guy you know is C- yeah. Skinner. He was in the, in like Vietnam. He mm-hmm. just wasn't the guy he said he was. Right. So it's like you're like, okay, well at least he's not like an outright like they didn't like outright wash away his entire character yeah but yeah i'm seeing i'm looking at this like season nine's got some decent episodes too there's I a couple stinkers but the, the last good episode of simpsons might be lisa the simpson is that season eight well it's or season nine season nine that episode's like got the oh I that, see that amazing frozen jasper it's got the amazing oh it, it oh it's got the thing where at the very end where at least like all the simpson men show up and you just meet all these like family members. And oh yeah, that 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 is really funny to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's like yeah, there's like what I count here two, three, three, eight out of tens for me. I started giving them scores out of ten, RJ, because I'm a, I can't help myself. I I I, I I I kept track of the Schwartzwalder episodes. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, he actually he wrote one of the worst episodes too. Whatever episode ten is it the the like the oh uh, Homer montage oh, one no when Homer gives his uh, kid or is, is supposed to donate his kidney to oh, Grandpa to Grandpa that episode's crap that's season ten right yeah that yeah. episode's not good mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense that's just what happens the stop the show just stops making sense it they they go out for like I don't know there's like a shift in what they actually want to make the show's about and it's more like like quick zips but like a lot of them they're, they're just like who wrote this and and my last like nine out of ten is the hank scorpio episode because that, oh, that 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 episode is that episode's amazing it was really really good that and that yeah. like, uh, schwartzwelder uh the last ep- that's the last great episode though that that one is really really good but if you don't get to season 11, Jarrett, you'll never see 11.01. And do you know who's the guest star on the first episode of season 11, Jarrett? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. I think I'm okay. I I, I, I I hate the guest episodes. The one where like Alec Baldwin and uh, Kim Basinger show up and Ron Howard. And Ron Howard? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. Some of, the, some of the guest episodes are not great. But... Uh, Let's see. Oh, here's a good episode in season 11. Pygmalion, where Mo becomes uh, uh, handsome. It's a good one. That, There's that... another future Bard episode. Oh, there's the one episode where uh, I think it's Mo is dating Helen Hunt. You remember that episode? It's not uh, Helen Hunt, I... but it's voiced by Helen Hunt. Is that Flaming Mo's or is this the, no. hum, the one where he turns pretty? He's not pretty. He just starts going on dates. That's, that's a season nine episode. Uh, it's wow. got some pretty good. It's got some good Moisms. I, I I always like a good Moism. But I mean, I'm bringing the lead here because so I I fin- I'm, I'm done with Simpsons. But you know what? I'm going to replace that with RJ. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got seasons one through thirteen 
of an animated show that also ran on Fox. King of the Hill? At, at, at times with higher ratings than Simpsons. Yes, King of the Hill. It's going to be the, the King of the Hill rewatch. And uh, I've actually never seen the last few seasons in any, I don't think in any significant way. So I'm so, pretty, pretty excited about that. You know who will be super happy? Hmm. Is Oliver Granger. Because he is just finishing off his like year year long uh, rewatch of King of the Hill. <clears throat> and I was telling him that I think that King of the Hill was good until the end. There's a couple episodes in the last season that are like, it starts to get in that area, but it never gets there totally there because they just ended the show like abruptly so i i i think king of the hill is just a plus mm-hmm. television it is so good and i mean you were happy like seasons what two to six of simpsons you were you were living I, life large no i would say, i even like watching it this time season one it isn't great but for historical for, for, for historical purposes yeah. you might as well watch them um, yep. it's probably been a long time since you've seen them and they're not, you're not watching them in syndication cause there's nothing else on. So it's a little, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, I remember this season two yeah. is like the, the huge jump, but it takes a little while for it to get going. But then you get like the, the season three through seven are great season mm-hmm. eight. It starts to lose in the plot. Season nine is rough waters and then mm-hmm. just stop at that point. I yep. yeah I think I think that's like pretty universally agreed upon. I think that's a good uh, good way to cut it. So how how uh, when was the last time you you dabbled in King of the Hill? Oh, not even that long ago. Okay, like maybe I I actually probably rewatched like seasons one through six, <sighs> maybe like eight years ago. Probably maybe even like concurrent Ooh, with watching DS Nine. It's not that long ago, really. It's a while ago, though. I guess. I mean, but I was uh, I was listening to some YouTube compilations while painting, and uh, Bill, the dep- I forget how depressing the tale of Bill is. Bill the Walrus, <laughs> Bill Dotrieve. Uh King of the Hill is so good, man. Yeah, I know, I, I, know. I I love King of the Hill. It, it is such a good show. It's it's I don't know. Maybe I guess maybe it's good that it just was canceled out of nowhere because then it didn't get into that season ten Simpsons territory. I don't think, at least, I think King of the Hill was good throughout there is was, is, is peggy hill the uh skyler of king of the hill though uh i i have a love hate thing for peggy because sometimes peggy is just like the fucking worst and you're like i can't stand peggy but sometimes peggy is like mm-hmm. is the best part of the episodes like she actually she, she goes back and forth like her her character doesn't change but based on the situation she's either the worst or like it fits perfectly and you're like oh yeah peggy's mm-hmm. doing good i like peggy I saw a clip of uh, I saw something. I was looking it up because I was curious if like people have talked about uh, Dale Griswold in terms of QAnon, and I guess the guy oh, who yeah. did the voice of Dale, he's doing he was doing like, on his YouTube channel like a podcast as Rusty Shackleford, and oh, and and, and, and cool. doing and doing like conspiracy stuff like that like in in character. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Well, I and, like that. Yeah, because smoking cigarettes, wearing a red hat. Fucking uh, Aaron Lang style. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Lang's kind of like Rusty Shackleford, <laughs> Dale Gribble. I I love the Rusty Shackleford uh, uh, alias. It's good mm. stuff. Yeah. So Mandalorian season two, RJ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So the one thing I'll say is I do know that Ryan, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, is currently watching it. So maybe okay. don't give away the end. 
that like the end end i know you want to talk about it uh, but like he's watching it right now oh ryan hurry up right now but we can talk about everything else well where is he? so he hasn't watched the last episode no i he's like i think he's one or two into season two i i, I can uh, check okay but well, we can we can talk will, about it i okay, just i'd say let the me main let me just say okay well can i i'm i'm, I'm gonna say that or just uh, say spoilers i i actually because i've been led to believe that Season two wasn't very good. And so I kind of went in with like lowered expectations thinking, oh, fuck, it's going to be more of the same. And I think I enjoy season two more until the end because I think that last episode is really shitty. We can, let's, when we get there, we'll talk about it, but we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll stop. We'll say, okay, because we'll probably talk about the last episode for like five, 10 minutes almost. Okay, but let me talk about episode one. This is two Boba Fett's and Tusken Raiders versus Crate Dragon. How yep. how can you go wrong? It's uh, pretty cool. And oh, it's yep. and Timothy Oliphant, who I thought did the voice of Mandalorian for the first few episodes. Doesn't he sound exactly like Pedro totally. Pascal? Yes. Yeah. They or or, exactly or they, yeah, the character that character that yeah that draw like yeah, yeah Pedro Pascal. I I was like, why is he doing this Timothy Oliphant impression like for the first season? Because yep. I, I have no idea who Pedro Pascal is. I, I've never watched anything, anything with him really in it. Game of Thrones probably is. But, but, but he's, he's so different. He's so different. Like, he's so different. Yeah. Like, to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, oh, he's that guy. He's that character. Then he's in Narcos? Uh, that, that, which I've never seen. I think. I mean, I know he's in fucking Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, right. See, I remember looking that up. I went, oh, yeah, that movie. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, this episode, like, is super star warsy uh you finally get to see a crate dragon uh it doesn't look like an old man in a robe like jumping around on rocks unfortunately sadly um episode two ice spiders uh yeah you get some ice spiders and this is the fabled genocide episode which i think people need to that is like that was yeah that that was very manufactured i feel i mean it's like because it's like little like that's the whole thing on this show is like eating and made it made you want to feel bad i guess like it was kind of go it was intentional it wasn't like the show was indifferent to it yeah. it was kind of more like the horror of the star wars universe is embraced on the mandalorian on a regular basis that's what i thought too but in like at the same time it's like season one uh baby yoda was eating frogs and i was like that's his thing man he is like this weird that he's like the alpha frog RJ. who eats other frogs yeah, everyone like we were just talking like like a couple months ago about us eating eggs and like how I couldn't eat yeah. eggs and then or now I'm able to eat eggs if they're brown eggs and omega three eggs and I'm I'm cured. I'm I cured. know and maybe you just needed what uh, baby Yoda was eating. I'm I'm exactly. But what I'm saying is no one gives a shit about me eating those eggs. But then they're, they're all worried about like fake puppets eating fake eggs. Yeah. It's like I, get the yeah, fuck get the it, fuck get, get the it. fuck out of my life. So, so ice spiders. At first, yep. I was like, "Are they on Hoth? Like, or is it just an ice planet?" Mm. And I was yeah. kind of annoyed by that. And then you get like a, kind of an interaction with X wings. Now we get we get introduced to like minor minor supporting character who shows you, up a couple times. Do you know Mister Kim from uh, Kim's Convenience Canadian sitcom? Not really. So he's he's like the older, bigger guy. That's actually a really popular. Uh, I, yeah, I recognize him. Yeah, Mister Kim. Yep. Um, the episodes. Okay. It's fine, yeah. Yeah. Episode three is Argimati Sea Pirates and uh Red Multiple Mandos. Red, red, redneck fishermen. Fishmen. 
Yeah. We're like, fish. Yeah. We're like, you killed my brother. I thought that was like, that stuff was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you get like blinged out boba girls. Yes, you do. And yeah. uh, that was like, <laughs> kind of like, okay. It's like, at first, Bo- kind of Bo- like. Bo Katan. <laughs> well, it's like, I feel like. The show, the show's so weird because it goes back and forth. It's like Mandalorians hide. There aren't many of us left. Oh, there's but five. Then in the first episode, <laughs> there's like a thousand <clears throat> that come out at the end to help them get away. And then in this episode, there's just five that live in a city. It's like, so how many are there? Like they're not <sighs> true ones, I guess. But yeah, whatever. Well, because well, they're like you're part of the cult. What? Huh? I, I kind of liked that twist. It's like, no, nah, man, you're in a weird cult. It's like you can take your fucking helmet off. Nobody gives a shit. No. Um, then episode four, which was, mm-hmm. uh, this one, like, it's like, all right. Like, oh, cause first of all, the first episode is like, oh, back to Tatooine and back to characters we've already established in the first season. Episode two, ice spiders. Episode yep. three, uh, you get to see some, um, general act bar, Admiral Akbar's. That's like all them. Admiral Akbar's. Yeah. Those guys. Yep. I, I don't want to say Mon Calamar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you don't have to you, you see the Akbars. that's always yep. good and they talk they have different voices they're not all wrong so uh mm-hmm. we get to episode four which is like oh back to that other planet the carl weathers planet because it's like fuck come on there's like a whole bunch of other shit to check out why do we keep going back to like these places but now he's got a beard and, uh yeah and they're gonna go hit uh an empire an imperial base that's out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. where apparently it's inoperative but turns out it is mm-hmm. and but but my comment about this episode is like this is better than any of the abrams movies like that's like the bill burr wages of fear episode no no that's no, no, the no, next no. one Oh, yeah. this is the uh, I remember, and they like he flies up, and then they get uh, they get their own little fishy gill boy to help him, and he drives well, him out there, right? Well, That's this one. Uh, He's uh, like they get like Carl Weathers is like sidekick, yeah. yes, drives him out on the speeder. Yeah, I remember. Yes, now. and then yeah, yeah, then yeah this they, episode's they, good. Yeah, no, I, this was like a very like enjoyable Star Warsy thing where I think they kept upping the stakes of like. Oh, we got out of this one, but then Tie Fighters come and they're like shooting at you, and it's like it was like I don't know, like very like cinematic, and like the action was pretty well done, and coming to the rescue and driving on, driving through the deserts and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that that was actually pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Um, episode five is laser swords. This this is uh, yeah. th- this is the Jedi episode where it's like I think oh, like yeah. if I gave a shit about Clone Wars the cartoon, yeah. I'd be like really into this um mm-hmm. the one thing that hit me here though was i how i was always able to see the horizon line rj oh, are you saying this one's a western jared what i'm well, what i'm saying though is like how in previous star wars planets you would get some variety like dagobah mm-hmm. it's very vertical like massive impossible trees and it's a giant mm-hmm. endless swamp and you never see the sky and you mm-hmm. don't think about it um endor all you see is massive trees, all the redwoods yeah. all around. And like, there's like, yeah, obviously there's a, like, there's like a horizon, but there's all this yeah. verticality to it. All these episodes, all the planets, they're always about like flatness, which I guess mm-hmm. is like a Western thing. But it's like, I could, I could use a change up. The closest we got to it would be like on the ice planet where they're like in the under, they're yeah. underground in the caverns where you're okay. You're inside something, but a lot mm-hmm. of the time it is flatness. It's just something I've noticed, I guess, watching these. Yeah. John um, Ford wasn't consulting yet. 
No, he hadn't been booked. He is now, though. John Ford. Yeah, for the Ahsoka yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is where we get the line talking about placing the baby at the top of a mountain. <laughs> where you're like, oh, I uh-huh. see. This is a video game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, and it's like you have to defend the baby for three minutes without falling. Yeah. That's the video game portion. Bum, bum, right? bum, 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 bum. And then uh, we got our first drop of, well, I don't know how significant this is of a note, but Thrawn. Which, uh, I noticed. Yeah, okay. I, noticed. Well, I mean, as a as a reader of the, the Timothy Zahn mm-hmm. novels, the Thrawn trilogy, I was like, oh, oh damn. And then, like, then I started thinking about Dark Empire, the Dark Horse comic, and other mm-hmm. like Star Wars-y things. I'm like, yeah, John Favreau's into this stuff. So that's kind of neat. I'm, I'm liking. Yeah. I'm liking this. Well, it seems like that's that Dave Filoni guy who did Clone Wars. Like, it seems like he had a strong pull on this. Like, because he has Ahsoka and uh, uh, Thrawn, and because like she's gonna have a spinoff show. So that's probably what that's gonna be about, right? If all the sh- all these shows are doing. There's gonna be fifty of these shows. Which I, which I didn't realize. Years. Yes. Watch out for that post credit sequence at the end, Ryan. Uh. Oh, yeah. See, and we didn't even know there was one. We were just letting the credits roll because we're good yeah. people. And uh, then it came on, and I was like, fucking post-credits. It's like, fuck them. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I would never, like, know to stay for them. And anyways, uh, yeah, where are you saying? Okay, uh, yeah, so we had the Western episode. And uh, then... Uh, well, this is the, the... Yeah, this is team up with light laser swords. Mm-hmm. And now, now we have a spear... And mm-hmm. then we get the uh, the big episode, or the, the really short episode. It's like thirty minutes long. Yeah. While while uh, Baby Yoda charges up <laughs> on his uh, tower, yeah. and we get Maori Maori Death Club. I uh, I was surprised by uh, the the violence in the Maori Death Club scene. But like, it, it just, it's just more than I'm yeah. used to seeing. Yeah. That's all. But of course, my note here was. Uh, this this guy got owned by a blind guy. If, uh, if, you, re, if you recall, Return of the Jedi. That's uh, true. It's like, come on, <laughs> it's like this this is some rewriting, but whatever. That's why they retconned it's, it. It's a different time. It's a different yep. time. Oh, I I uh, will say I hate Mandalorian's mini weenie whistles, like his missiles. Oh, his I, uh, I hate them. screamers or whatever. Yeah, they're those, those suck. They're so well, slow. <laughs> when he got them, too, it was like, it was like we can't make more of these. Use them wisely. And he's Pew! used them like a thousand times. Pew! So it's like, how many does he have left? It seems like by the time you know that they've been fired, he'd be shot and dead. It's like, you but. Think. And also, hey, next time, folks, aim for the not armored parts. It's Beskar, Jared. Aim, aim for the cloth. <laughs> Beskar. It's not Beskar. It's cloth. Shoot that Beskar. part. Cut his arms off. You could try. Well, oh, he'll block it. It's like no, I just go for the joints. Don't don't go for the plating. No, like, he doesn't. He doesn't block a lot. He usually just gets takes the hit. And goes ah. Yeah. And then oh, uh, we also got like a what what things look like in hyperspace shot that looks like oh crap, yeah looks like ass. Um, and I laughed out loud at baby shackles. Oh yeah, baby. Sh- who, like who made those baby shackles? <laughs> who made, you know, who made those? Who, who made those? Who made those? And then it's then it's wages of fear and moral relativism in Star Wars. Okay. Do you, do you agree with me though? That's that's what that episode is, right? 
Oh, 100%. That's, yeah. I mean, it's like there's like shots lifted right from it, like with like the explosion on the horizon. Yeah. And see, this is the one that I think. And it's got your, your buddy, uh, Rob Zombie's nope. guy in it. Which, oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? R- Richard. Richard. Um, He's in a Simon Blackout, from, too. From Mandy. Yeah, he's Joe Chill in uh, uh, Batman Begins. And yeah, that dude's been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard. Uh, fucking. Uh, shit. <laughs> Is that crack? Fuck crack it. or something? Richard, uh, Richard Brake. Richard Brake. Yeah, that's what it is. So he's in here. This is a pretty good episode. The only thing, though, is. This is the the helmet off episode, which I feel like completely no, negates no. all the stuff he's done before because they're like, we need Bill Burr for this because he's the only one who can go in there. And he's like, I can't go in there. So he takes his helmet off and goes in. And it's like, so did you need Bill Burr at all for this, actually? Or like – and then I think it takes away the actual impact of him – you seen him with his helmet off in the final episode. You know well, what I mean? Well, Did you get that too? Well, no, because like they completely outdo it as well, where he's like, I can't go in there because yeah. he might recognize me. He goes in there, and then only as a last gambit, he comes in there without his helmet yeah. on anyway, and, doesn't, and it cancels out. Like it, it, It's like, we don't know if this is going to work. We don't know if this is going to work, but we get to the yeah. the scene where it's like, now you're dealing with this like strange situation where like last season you had stormtrooper jokes about not being able mm-hmm. to hit things, but now we're supposed to be talking about PTSD and mm-hmm. like the, 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 the cost of war and, and righteousness. And you're just like, this is what stormtrooper joke. Like we made, we did stormtrooper jokes. They don't hit anything ever. They're not scary. They get, they yeah. just, they just get wasted and beat up and whatever mm-hmm. that's fine they look yep. they, they look cool running around they're stormtroopers and then but now yep. we're like ah oh, these are about this is about people <laughs> like, no it's not it's it's not supposed to be no. yeah but yeah i just uh it's like i just don't like that they showed him with his helmet off because i feel like it really spoils the emotional payoff in the last episode it's not there because of that because you see him with his helmet off all the time so it's like why does it matter anymore do you know what I mean? Why does it matter? RJ, I think you can answer that. Well, nothing matters, Jared. Essentially. Exactly. Essentially. So how did you like the day uh the uh the big climax? The like the last episode? Yeah, cuz isn't that the next episode? Yeah. And yeah. I I kind of said uh <laughs> it's it's drawn out. And yeah. It starts bringing attention to itself, and I yeah. could imagine people making videos making fun of it because you're just yeah. like you're watching people watching monitors and waiting mm-hmm. for things to happen, and then you get to watch it all over again with dramatic music. Characters develop plot armor. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes no sense, but because Moth Gideon. Oh, Moth Gideon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, like, I saw the big reveal of the character at the end. It's like, does that even make sense based on where the movies went and stuff like that? It's like, I don't know. But like, is that a movie problem? Is that a show problem? I, well, there's there's the internet. It's hard to there, say. There's the internet talk. They're just going to abandon those like Abrams movies and do a do over as a as as as, as a form of ultimate fan service. But at Apparently. the same time, they will be taking your money again. That's basically Regardless. what this. That, that's what this is about. It's about yep. take. It's about getting your money. Yeah, and I understand that. And if like if, if there's one thing at this point, I mean, Star Wars is all about fan service, sure. And 
this is like the best form of it so I've, that I've mm. seen so far. It isn't perfect. It's not going to make new Star Wars fans. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they have they have their their niche market. I'm kind of waiting for them to like throw out an episode like The Fly, of uh, like a la Breaking Bad, where it's oh, like, yeah. it's like let's get Ryan Johnson to do an episode and make people really mad. They, and I'm sure that they will. I'm sure they will over time. Well, there's gonna be those spinoffs. Yeah. Well, there's gonna be fucking twenty of those spinoffs. But like, so, so I I already said I feel like. The big reveal, or not the reveal, but like the big emotional moment, I think was spoiled. But the one really funny thing is like when the surprise character comes, <laughs> Andrea looks at me and she's like, "Who's that?" <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" And she's like, "She's like, yeah, I don't care about fucking Star Wars. Who's this guy?" And I was like, "Well," <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, "I get." It. She's like, "That's good." And I was like, "I think I don't know." <laughs> So wow. it's, it's just kind of funny, like you know. <laughs> it is funny, because and because like in her mind, like she, she was liking the show too. But we, me, her, and I had the same problems. Whereas like things that didn't make sense happened a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, why is this happening? Cause it's, it's like it doesn't really make sense with what people are saying they're gonna do. And then they, it's like, like the whole time Moff Gideon is like trying to blow up Baby Yoda, but it's like he's like, I want him. I want to steal his medical. I, I already which got is what I needed said. from him. No M M count. But, the M count, yeah. So that it's in it's implied, but but he's like, I need him, but then they're like, let's blow him up and you're like Huh? You're like, what? <laughs> Weird. But yeah, I mean, as a whole, I we watched it, I enjoyed it. I think it did do there were some good episodes that really kinda nail in that Star Wars feel. There's just a lot of stuff too that you're kinda makes you go, hmm? What? Huh? <laughs> what? Who? Huh? You know what I mean, Jer? So are you saying you didn't get chills in the last episode? I don't know if you noticed, but on IMDb, that last episode has a 9.8. Oh, people are morons. Yeah. Well, they see the the flash and They're sparkle, the... and they go, whoa. They got, they got whatever they've got coming toward them, kid. Whoa. That's, uh, that's big. That's big. Ugh, man. That's, yeah. People are like that. It's like fun. Of, like, it's so bad. It's just badly made. Well... It's like, I just, I feel like people need to dial it back a little bit. It's like, is this a 10 out of 10? I doubt it. But, you know, that's just me. Well, we got movies to talk about. Sure we do. After the break, we're going for a car ride. With Bill Burr? Bring your apples. Hmm.
soft hands. Sharp nails. You like to make tough, huh? I am tough. She's strictly an amateur. She uses a club, you use a knife. You want to come up to my room and rest? What? I'm the friendly type. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about two, two, RJ, Jules what? Dassin films. That's right. Thieves Highway from 1949 and Night and the City from 1950. First up is that highway. Uh, the tagline uh, for this film. Sure. You need a friend, strong man, and I'm friendly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that a line in this fucking movie? I don't remember that. You need a friend, strong man, and I'm friendly. That's... I mean... I Like, I kind of see it, but it's like, but why? Like... <laughs> like, do, like, why? That does That's not, like... That's not great. <laughs> well, you... That's not, that, that, that's not gonna put asses in seats? <laughs> it's... It's not... It's not ideal, my man, is what I'm trying you're, you're to say. You're saying right you wouldn't be given this movie picture a quarter? Uh, I'd be giving it something, but not based on that tagline. Yeah. Tell you that much. Yeah. Synopsis here from Letterboxd. Uh-huh. Nick Garcos comes back from his tour of duty in World War II, planning to settle down with his girlfriend, Polly Faber. He learns, however, that his father was recently beaten and burglarized by mob-connected trucker Mike Figlia, and Nick resolves to get even. He partners with prostitute Rika, and together they go after Mike, all the while getting pulled further into the local crime underworld. Wow, and this isn't even Italian. Well, I think they're, I mean, Nick Garcos. I mean, I'm not sure if that's a... I think it's Nico. I mean, it could be Greek, could be Italian, mm. or, or or man here. 
But what about Jules Dassin? He's French, right? Well, he's he's American, RJ. American by way of France? I don't know. I mean, I used to assume that he was a Frenchman, but no, he, I mean, mm. he's a he's a he's a from the U.S. of A. And then he fled because oh, they, they, he, they call he he fled right when uh, night night in the city was getting made because he was a goddamn accused communist. Oh, it was that it, they didn't get him for like a Polanski deal or anything, no, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, well, that's they always leave to France for some reason. I don't know. Well, yeah, he, he well he went to London to make that movie. Okay, his last that's movie, his last movie picture for the studio, the twentieth century Fox. Shit? Zanuck, yeah. Zanuck gave to him. Xanadu. Uh, Xanadu. Oh, cool. So Richard cool. Conte, you, you you know this guy? Uh, is he in Thieves Highway? Yeah, he's uh, he's he the lead. He's the lead. Uh, so that is Nick. Yeah. Right? Uh, I do not know Richard Conte. He's but a, maybe you could tell me about him. He's in movie pictures. Like Coppola pictures or like or like as a, uh, ma- as a matter of fact, RJ, he is in The Godfather. Wow. Do you have any like Jesus centric pictures that he might be in as well cuz I'd know those ones better. Let's see if I've got one for you. I mean, everybody probably was in a Jesus movie at some point or another. What about one from uh, What about one from Shane? Well, he was in Sla- Slaves George of Steve. Slaves of Babylon. Oh he, he fuck! Was. He was in Benghazi. I can't believe that. Oof. Well, uh, Laserdisc alumni George Stevens, who also directed Shane, which I know is a favorite of yours. Oh, look did, at that! Uh, hey, look the at that! RJ story ever told. Yeah, Barabbas. Barabbas. Taurus. Bulba. <laughs> Remember that one, Jerry? See. So if you're an actor in the 50s, you're probably in a Jesus movie. I know. That's all I care about. I don't care about this Godfather stuff. I don't even know what that is. Get out of here with that. You know, you know about the Sopranos. I do. But that's about Gobagool. That's not about, like, gangsterism. That's just about mm-hmm. cured meats. Cured meats. So, uh, so Nico comes home. A.O.'s. Mm-hmm. Sees his pops. Sees, mm-hmm. his, sees his ma. Sees his girl. He's got mm-hmm. him. He's got him gifts from his travels abroad. He was out in the uh, on the, uh, the on a boat working, making some money. He's got a big stack. That he throws onto the table, and they go, "Oh, oh!" And he's like, he, "He's like, Dad, I got you a brand new pair of shoes, Mandarin." And everyone oh. and everyone gets all long faced. Oh God! And he's like, "What? Why?" And then it's like, and then his Dad <laughs> wheels out from his wheelchair, and I guess the implication is he's got no feet. No or no legs. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like we don't see, we don't see any stumps. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't look what it, these movies were about before I watched them because obviously. Uh, but this was like the most comical, like on the nose reveal I've seen in a while. It's like pops. I got you these little moccasins from China. They're they're beautiful. They're little slippers. They're gonna make your feet feel fantastic. And he's like, let me uh, put them on your feet. And uh, the family's, oh, they're all kind of pulling their collars a little bit. They're like, Nick, uh, we gotta tell you something, buddy. And he's like, what? Uh, let me put the shoes on a papa's feet. And he just kind of slowly wheels back and he's like, uh, uh, uh. But but no but now we find out the next the next step. As, uh-huh. as as it turns out that I I mean maybe this is the basis for uh, the Charles Bronson classic Mr Majestic, uh, about films that are about supply chains and about mm-hmm. uh, produce and the criminal underworld uh, of California. Yes, 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And I've I, I'm not going to play my hand too soon here, but I have long said that Criterion meat Criterion Collection specifically needs more mine uh, chain of supply produce movies. I've said this forever, mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue to say this. So right. that was a welcome surprise that yes. I, I I wasn't aware of. So so what happened to his dad, RJ? Oh, well, they took his legs. Wow, or his feet, or they, he they he's conc- driving. Well, so he uh. He's got some tomatoes. He's got some tomatoes. He had them for sale. He put them on consignment with this guy, played by Lee J. Cobb, who's always a great piece of shit. One of, one of the great mm-hmm. piece of shit actors in in cinema. Mike Mike Figlia, who uh, Mike who, Figlia. who runs produce back in uh, was it San Francisco or Fresno? Uh, it's I, somewhere I, along I, there. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know my Californias. It's a big place. Well, if I mean, if only we had a film noir enthusiast that also lived in California who could have guessed uh, it on this episode, we yeah. probably could have figured it out. Yeah, if only. If only. If only. Yeah. Well, too bad. Too bad. So, uh, this guy who's owed some money because he sold mm-hmm. his tomatoes and he's like, hey, he got paid. He's like, oh, hey, let's go for dinner. Let's go to let's have some drinks. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have some laughs. And then we'll pay it. We'll pay it. Don't you worry. We'll give you money. But then uh, he gets so drunk, he wakes up and uh, he finds himself in a wrecked car and he's he's got to lose his legs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the claim is that Mike Figlia, I paid you. I, I paid you. I don't know what happened to the money after you left. I mean, you just got up and drove away. He drunk was never in your seen car. again. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. oh, you lost your legs. That's unfortunate. So, anyway, his uh, Nico, though, oh, he's not Nick. He's not having any of this shit. He's like, I'm fine. He's, he's like always just sleeping to, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. So, or, I'm going to go kill that or, piece of shit. Or there's a lot of, or else, or else. And, like, I'm going to do something real bad. You're like, huh. So, this is like a. A war vet. So I'm not sure if this falls into my um, uh, subgenres of vet exploitation or not. I don't think they lean. Uh, too, too, it's a little bit. He is just an angry. He's an angry man seeking revenge for his mm-hmm. father's uh, being cheated out of his, his tomato money. Mm-hmm. So uh, he so he's got a big fat stack. He's going to take care of his girl. Uh, who's not very impressed with his initial gift, but then it turns out to be a ring, and now she's like, oh, oh yes, I love this. She, she's a conventional girl, you see? Mm. Uh, blonde, blonde, blonde bombshell. Oh, so, but interesting. Anyway, so he's got, like, he's got a, was it, 1600 bucks. He's going to, like, buy, he's going to buy Give into her father's business, and that's, they're going to settle down, live a nice mm-hmm. s- square life. So, uh, but... Uh, Nick goes into business with Ed. Who, Ed Wood? Uh, Ed, Ed Kinney, who, oh, okay. who bought the family tr- uh, truck that would have carried the tomatoes because dad won't be needing that truck no more. He's got no legs, dude. But uh, but Ed's got an offer. He's like, hey, we got I got some sweet apples. You want in mm-hmm. on this action? Because Ed, because part of this whole the high stakes world of uh, produce is you got to pay for the product up front. And you got to deliver. Sure. You gotta, then you got to take your product and you got to drive it out to the guy who's going to sell it to you. And you got to make sure you don't get mm-hmm. screwed over by him. So they're they're buying their apples. They're golden delicious apples. So when you buy apples, Jerry, what what brand do you go to usually? What what's what type of apple? Yeah, what, what uh, genre? I, I or actually species I, I, I like I, I like the Granny Smiths. Your Granny Smith man. Yeah. Interesting. Those are. Uh, do you like them a little sour or? Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. I'm a Honeycrisp guy of, myself. Of course you are. Look they're at you. Uh, Look at you. Of, they're the baking apple, Jared. One of the sweetest apples. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like Honey. you. I yeah. Some people have described me as a baking uh, podcaster. Well, or it's like a baking person. You're a person that when one would bake. I've been known to bake from time to time. Mm. So they go into business. But, uh, of course, Ed, he's already kind of made a bit of a deal with a couple of other guys. These two dudes who, like, I don't know what their names are exactly. Uh, uh, Skippy and uh, Slippery Pete. <laughs> Pete and – is it Slob? Jack Oakey? Uh, I think it – yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Jack Oakey and Joseph Pevney. Slob and Pete. I like these guys. I like the cut of these mm-hmm. guys' jibs. They're kind of there for a comedic relief. Uh, they're like not the most menacing of goons. They seem to be like mostly good-hearted scumbags. I would say. Uh, yeah, I'd say for the most part. Yeah, because they're yeah. like you know, there's something definitely unsavory about them. And uh, of course, mm-hmm. Ed sells them something. Oh yeah, and, like the Apple guy, he won't sell them to me anymore. Sorry, the deal's over. And they're like, huh, something about that seems off to me. Um, <laughs> A lot mm-hmm. of that. If you're into that, this is a movie for you. So, uh, Nick and Gar- uh, Garfield. Did you say Garfield? Nick and Ed head off. They pick up the apples from the uh, the German. I mm-hmm. think the German man who's like who's afraid he won't get ripped off because, goddamn Ed, he's kind he's kind of a scumbag too. He's kind of like short them uh, three hundred bucks because it's like, well, we agreed at twelve hundred. He's like, I'm gonna pay mm-hmm. uh, sixty bits. <laughs> On, on per case and it's like well that's that's three hundred dollars short on how many there is there's a bit of a kerfuffle apples are getting pulled off the truck arrangement mm-hmm. but deals are finally made there's some also some problems with the trucks now nah, that's that's a big problem when you're trying to move apples you, you gotta you gotta make sure you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to get the apples to market well, Jerry, we, we got plenty we got plenty of produce plenty of apples we got to make sure that they're stocked at all times that's right you gotta make keep them covered if the sun hits and they're gonna be roasting you're not gonna have any apples yeah you're gonna get too pulpy. They're gonna dry out. Yeah, no one it's gonna be a shit product. No, no, no one wants a rotten apple. I won't even. I wouldn't even pay for uh for, what is it? Flicks for it? what? What is the thing that he pays like four? Six. He six, pays six bits. Or, bits. or sorry, he tries bits. to, but I think he winds up paying whatever seventy five bits. Yeah. Per per case of apples. The road apples are four bits. Yeah, that's what he sells for. There, four bits. There you go. Road apples. Yeah. Bits. And that's for an apple, not for a case even. It's just an apple, man. What, what are you talking about? So it's just an apple. Um there is a scene. Because what happens is now they're at, they have to try to get them out. And they got two trucks loaded up. One's having some mechanical problems. Uh, mm-hmm. Slob and Pete kind of roll up on them and like, what is all the happenings here? <laughs> And then, like, mm-hmm. so they're, they're, they're kind of making some plans, some schemes, waiting for an opportunity. So um, Nick kind of goes up ahead. He's making good time. What is it, 36 hours, I think? Give or take an hour or two. Yeah. So Nick, but uh, Nick Nick makes some good time, He and mm-hmm. but he blows a tire. He has to deal with that tire. We get this scene that I found, like, really effective of uh, him changing a tire, and then the uh, jack goes – and he gets pinned under the truck, and it's on this sandy bank, and he kind of goes face first into it. And I was just like, oh, like that's like one of my, like I don't know, that's one of those things I've thought about. And you're like, man, what a way to go! And like you're be on a highway, all these cars are passing you by, and they'd have no idea you're uh, suffocating. Pretty. I, 
I thought the truck driving scene and then it's like him underneath with the jack. I think that's one of the highest tension scenes we've had in a while in a criterion. Cause I was just like, I like, I don't, I wouldn't describe myself as claustrophobic, but like Mm -hmm. that thing made me feel claustrophobic. I was like, I was like, cause like, and like I've worked with Jack's before too. And like Jack's always make me a little bit nervous because it's like, because, because of this exact thing, it's like, yeah, he's under there and it just fucking gives out fucking buckles. And then he, he's just trapped under like a, like a five ton truck. Just like, Ooh, well, yeah. Like you think that like, he'd be a little bit more messed up. And he is a little, and he is messed up to a degree. Like, but they don't. It's like, more implied than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's doing yeah. like he's doing because see, we, um, Ed rolls up on him. He's like, <laughs> "What are you doing down there?" He's like, "Oh, you're in trouble. Get your face out of the sand, Nick. Get your face out of the sand." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the other thing too is like because you know they didn't have like flashlights and they were like kind of like the hazard signs the or whatever. So he's like yeah. got like this like kerosene can that he has to light up and put on the road, and you're like. That mm-hmm. seems safe. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure there's a reason why we moved away from that. But this is these are the choices that we had uh, in olden times. It it was the best thing that worked at the time. Yeah, you know what I mean, Jer. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, I think for so, the most part. Uh, so Nick gets back on the road. He's a little rough for shape. He makes time. He gets to to San Fran, and he gets mm-hmm. to the market. It's a bustling scene. He parks his uh, truck, and he's he was looking for Mike Figlia. Figlia, Figlia. Because this guy, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. he's looking. He's looking for. Uh, he's looking for some, you know, payback, just a little bit, and ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, get to the truth of things. Uh, so we meet Figlia and his goons and hatchets and tires getting mashed up and hey you've got all all the oldest all the oldest tricks in the book in the apple game rj let me tell you which ones the ones where you uh you show up with your card of apples and the guy like smashes up your card and goes oh look at that the apples they're just all over the place no one's going to pay anything for them i mean i could hardly pay it for anything either what what hard luck that is <laughs> I don't have to tell you. It's the craziest thing I ever saw. Craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Can't believe it. One in a million shot, Jarrett. Well, I mean, the best I could do. I mean, I'm a little strapped for cash. No one's buying apples. It's not the right season for apples. Apples Mm -hmm. come later. Yeah. It's not apple time right now. That's right. Friend. He's like, hey, take, tell what you uh, you you go for a break, and we'll we'll figure this out. You wait for your because he's like, well, he's he's gonna give him a price. He's basically going to pay him exactly what he paid for the apples for the apples. And he's like, yeah. I, well, I guess like, is it for just for the one truckload? He's like, well, I'm waiting for my partner. He's got apples too. And he's like, Oh, I, I, I want to pay this guy cost. I don't, I don't want to be paying nothing beyond that. He's like, well, why don't you take a, uh, you know, take a break and we'll wait for your partner to show up. And of course that's like kind of the B plot of what's, where's Ed? What's Ed doing? Ed's not having a good time. <laughs> Ed's Ed's having breaking downs. He has to team up with Slob and Pete to get things going. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to cut them in on the action to get things done. Things don't end. What things just wind up not ending well for Ed though. He never makes it. He's he tries his best, right, Jared? He he, he does. He's kind of like you feel ambivalent toward Ed. I mean, he saves Nick's life, sure. But at the same time, this guy, this guy would slit your throat to save a couple of nickels. He will. I mean, he doesn't want to spend a dime, mm-hmm. but he will buy some apples. 
uh, it was San Francisco. Well, I, I, I mean, I knew that. Of course. Uh, yeah, of I, course. I said that the whole time. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. you didn't say that. but So we get introduced to Rika, uh, a woman that is weirdly very interested in Nick and saddles up with him, asking for a light and wants to be his best friend. Say, hey, hey, no funny stuff. You look tired. You should come back to my place and just sleep. That's okay. We, we don't have to do anything. Um, he's like, okay, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. This isn't, this isn't fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they head back up there. But it turns out she is part of the game that Figlia is running. The Figlia game? Yeah. Because he's got this giant truck he wants to get out of the way. And all these apples and uh, doesn't want to pay for them. Which, of course, he solves by just starting to sell them. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Because you have yeah, to. I mean, what else have, would you do? You've got to unload the truck and don't want to unload them up, put them aside. You, you start selling the products and selling them for like whatever six bucks a case. Hell of a mm-hmm. hell of a markup. Six bits. Uh, man. Rika, of course, is very worried by this neck wound and bleeding from the back of uh, Nick's head. Goes and tells Figly about it. Um, he kind of gets cleaned up. He seems to be doing better. He makes some phone calls back to Polly. Remember Polly, his his girl. Polly D. It's like ah, oh, I've I'm gonna hit it big. I've got money. You should come on down here. We can get married. Me mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's like I don't really want to know if I really want to get married. Very noncommittal. Doesn't feel too solid about this. Something feels a little off. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I smell you. Mm-hmm. If that's what you mean. I definitely smell you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. If that, Good. like, like you know what I mean, I, I, I smell you as a person, in a sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like Nick and Rika, they, they seem to have a little bit more in common than, I mean, Nick and Polly. They do, <laughs> but uh, Nick's also kind of an asshole. Yeah. In a well, sense. it it was 1949. Yeah. He also, you know, if they. Uh, if they remade this movie now, I'm pretty sure Nick would be played by John Bernthal. You know, uh, you know the Punisher, Jarrett. You remember the Punisher? <laughs> I see. Yeah, I think that's who uh, fits in well with that guy. But right. Yeah, yeah. No, it plays in the time. Uh, Andrea watched uh, the second movie with me, and uh, the comment was a lot of a lot of men grabbing women. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. And just like shaking them a little bit, and I was like, oh man, you should have saw the first movie. <laughs> There's a lot of women grabbing in that thing. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> but, but there's no, like, Phil just gr- grabbing away. Then you find out they're, like, married, essentially. And you're like, well, that's not really nice either. But Yeah, I, I meant more like not, a, not even. there's a relationship that exists of some sort. Well, there's a bond of some kind. Than, but uh, not straight not up Weinsteining. As... Yeah. It didn't, like. Some of the grabbing here wasn't even sexual. It was mostly just like uh, grabbing the shoulders and shaking them, where it's mm-hmm. just like, it's just like, listen here, woman. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Intensity. Intensity. So, yeah, uh, this is a, a tale of high stakes of the apple trade. And uh, we get a movie that really ends with uh, Nick beating the shit out of uh, Mike in a bar full of goons. Um, mm-hmm. The cops show up and are like, "Well, you're, <laughs> that's okay, I guess." <laughs> Very uh, Chief Wiggum esque, and um, mm-hmm. a, a guy gets a girl, and apples are eaten. 
So I'm uh, I'm a fan, RJ, of Thieves Highway. Okay. I think it's a I think it's a lot of fun. A nice little piece of noir. It's been a while since I've seen a, ver- a really good one. I thought this one was actually very successful. Uh, just like okay. such a weirdly unique, like in specific niche of like, oh yeah, this is about apples. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is a, a break in the Criterion slog of this like, it's a genre movie, so it's kind of nice. It's one of the things that I think everyone appreciates with the Criterion Collection is those breaks from the the pretense, if you will of the collection and this is like yeah this is just like Mm -hmm. a a really well made uh 1949 crime movie with like some pulse pounding good performances um like you said one of like the more intense actually tense scenes in a movie that we've seen in a very long time Mm -hmm. and uh i think fun for the whole weird family of fedora wearers and smoking enthusiasts Fun? I thought you were no fun, Duncan. Some say that. What do you mean, some? I thought that was just established. Oh, I don't know. For the most part. Uh, so you like this film? I did. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's nice. That's all I got. Are, are you going to, or uh, would you take this highway? Oh, I didn't watch this movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. I thought this movie was real good. Mm-hmm. I liked it quite a bit. And it's, I, I wasn't even joking. It's like, I do think we need more produce or like chain of supply movies in the criterion. I think this, I know, I know, I know that's not the whole point of this thing, but I actually really liked seeing the, like the fruit market, mm-hmm. the produce market. I was like, I was like, this is the movie I want to watch. This, this is what I've always wanted and didn't realize. This is what I've wanted. Yeah, it's like I want to see these fucking fruit vendors and like <laughs> dudes just like 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 the scummy side of mm-hmm. the the produce world where it's like it's like Figlia, that dude's <laughs> no good. Yeah. It's like I'm an honest fruit man. And it's like I can't afford these apples. These apples is high class, but you don't want to go to Figlia. That dude's no good. I was loving that. I was like, oh yeah. And the whole build up to that, like the truck scene. Even them just driving the truck, like he's hammering it down, right, to get there. Uh, I I really like that because I was like, it was setting like a really high pace where it's just like, like you could feel the intensity to it. You get the scene out of nowhere where a truck fucking falls on the guy and you're just like, whoa, like this is like tense. This is scary. Um, So I liked that. I liked the buildup. I liked the I like the fruit vendor stuff. And then, like, you have scenes with, like, trucks, like, fucking going off cliffs, blowing up, and just people are just like, he melted. I don't know what to tell you, man. Oh, yeah, he's, it's like, he's real dead. He's dead. 100% that guy is dead. And you're just like, shit. You're like, that's fucking gnarly. Um, I also like the intensity that, like, so I, I do think Nick is an asshole. He's kind of a prick. But uh, I like how... I really liked in the confrontation with Figlia in the bar afterwards where Figlia like somehow like kind of kicks a hatchet up into his hands to defend himself. Cause like when you see it under table, you're like, Oh shit, mm-hmm. Figlia has got a hatchet. And then he pulls it up and then uh, Nick is grabbing it. He's like, I'm gonna cut off your goddamn hands. And you're like, <laughs> you're watching. You're like, is that going to happen? You're like, is that what kind of movie this is? Cause like so far, like, trucks were falling on people people were blowing up and i was like they might cut this dude's hands off like mm-hmm. when did when did code come in like in the 40s 50s? Uh, like 
three. Okay, I was a little <laughs> off on that. A little bit, but 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 violence is starting to come back. But it's coming back. We, we coming get back. We, we get a hatcheted hand. We do get a hatcheted hand. He's like, you busted my hand. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, so I I liked I liked all that. Um, yeah, I was surprised by this movie because I did see that they were like noirs, and uh, I was like, well, that sounds cool. Like they don't. I like this uh, Jules Dassin. I was like, uh, he should be all right. Rafifi was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, watching this one, I didn't really, I didn't look too much into what it was about. And then all the fruit stuff, I was like, man, I'm liking this fruit stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like uh, I was surprised. I, I thought this movie was really good actually. And then um, the only thing that stands out to me, which is strange, is like so, so like Nick gets his neck crushed and like the wind taken out of him. And so there's this big thing about how like water is waking him up. It happens three times in this movie. <laughs> so the first time is by Ed who splashes some water on him and he wakes up a little bit. Second time, he just sees some dude water in his turnips. He's like, I get some of that. And he like <laughs> splashes himself a little bit. And drizzles his sweaty face all over the produce. All they're over washing the off. Yeah. And that guy's just like. He like puts his hands up. He's like, "You seen this shit?" He's like, "I thought you were gonna drink it." Like, not. It, it, was, it, it was. It was. It was. It was nineteen forty nine. You know, different world. Yeah. But then it happens a third time, and this is the most troubling of the three water occurrences. Uh, so he takes a shower, and I don't know if you noticed, Jared, but he showers with his pants on. <laughs> I did not notice this. <laughs> it is at uh, fifty one minutes. If anyone is curious well how do you know that richard conte wasn't a never nude he could have been like you maybe he was the first never nude Mm -hmm. he could have started it with tobias funke but because he's talking and he comes out and i even got a screenshot of him in the shower with his pants and him coming out he because he's like cold water or like a shower always makes me feel better he's in the shower and he's wearing his pants and they don't even try to hide it like they don't try to like show only his top half to like make you think he's naked, but he actually has pants on. They show you show him in the shower with his pants on, and I was like, I was like, this is the this is the only blemish on this otherwise. Well, because he's trying to be, apple. wasn't he trying to be like decent though? Because he he knows what happens if he takes the pants off. I mean, yes, but at the same time, what is he gonna do walking around with fucking wet ass <laughs> pants for the rest of like it's the, the week? It's the principle of the thing. I. I like I'm aware of why he did it. I'm I feel just, I feel like this is like actually something you would do. Shower with your pants on? Yeah. Depends on the company. Well, you I mean, exactly. It depends on the that, company. That, and, and it depended on the company. In the privacy of Nick's own home, he'd be doffing those pants. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to belittle what he did. I just want to draw attention to it so it's known because clearly you didn't even see that it happened. And I, I, I just I want people to be aware of this. That's all. But yeah, these High was good. A surprise. Nice little nice little flick. I think it is on YouTube. That's not where I watched it, but uh, I I do believe it is on YouTube. It might have like Russian subtitles burnt into it, mm-hmm. but you know that's the name of the game, right? When yeah, you're that's right yeah. because Criterion Channel once again fails. Well, and it's like these are things that should be just like prime for the criterion channel it's like how is this is something that needs to be on there but it's not like uh, stupid rights and however they decide to rotate their their produce Ugh. Ugh. They, they want to keep those apples fresh rj Ugh. Ugh. anyways 
The next 120 seconds bring you more action and excitement than most people experience in a lifetime. Rushing at fever pitch out of the night in the city comes the best-selling novel that intrigued millions, Gerald Kirsch's startling story of London after dark, Night and the City. An intimate and intense picture of a city and the intruders in the night who live and love and hate under cover of its darkness. Richard Widmark, always fleeing from one affair, always turning to another, working harder than any man that ever lived, but always on the wrong thing. Gene Tierney, who wants only his love. Who are you running away from now? Running? Me? Now, you know me better than that. Three days and three nights and not a word for me. Well, I've been very busy. For all I knew, you were lying in the gutter somewhere with a knife in your back. Gucci Withers, who wants his kisses. Just think, Harry, think. We're younger, stronger, healthier than he is. We've got more life in our little fingers than he has in the whole of his body. Oh, Harry, darling, we must have got to get away from him. Please, Harry, please. Hugh Marlowe, who wants his sweetheart. Oh, no, you don't. Not again. Every time you talk, you mix me up so I can't think straight for a week. Thanks, Harry. Anything. Anytime. Francis L. Sullivan, who wants his life. You've got it all. But you're a dead man, Harry Samuel. A dead man. Give it up! Give it up! Are you Judas? Harry! Harry, go back! Turn me in! Cut my throat for a thousand quid! Go back, Harry! I'll get help! So, Night and the City. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a second film. Yep. Now, the tagline for this film. Uh-huh. The inside story of London after dark. What, what is it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's... It's about wrestling. That's half true. It's about the graps game. Big grappling is Shane O'Mac in this one? No, this this would be, be like more like the territory of like Big Daddy. You know about Big Daddy? I've heard of other Big Daddies. Yeah, but not but not, not, not that, necessarily not, this one. Oh yeah, you should look him up. Br- okay. Br- Britain's Big Daddy. Is he uh, gregarious? No, he's not. He's oh, okay. he's, he's a big boy. Okay, Londoner Harry Fabian is a second-rate con man looking for an angle. Is, is he a Londoner in sense? or is he Because he, he lives in London, I suppose. He, if, if The longer you live, like, what defines one as being from London? There, There is literally a line in this that draws attention to the fact that he is an American yeah. Well, yeah, that's living the whole, in London. Yeah, because he's talking up the Americans as an American, as an expat yeah. type. Yeah, so like that's not that's not entirely accurate. Yeah, I, I mean, other than, I guess it, it mentions that. I mean, yeah, it's a strange 
choice to call him a Londoner rather than saying he is in London. Harry, Harry Fabian is a second-rate con man looking for an angle. After years of putting up with Harry's schemes, his girlfriend Mary becomes fed up when he taps her for yet another loan. His latest ploy, promoting an aging Greek wrestler, goes awry when the wrestler dies and everyone points the finger at Harry. Man, that's just... That's a big skip. <laughs> they, that's a, I mean, that's by the fl- time that happens, that's, that's what, the last 10 minutes of the movie? Mm-hmm. Hiding yeah. out in a riverfront barge, Harry sees his grand ambition spiral into a nightmare of fear and desperation as the underworld closes in. Uh, yeah. But again, like, it, it just gives you the the setup and then it jumps right to the end. Like there's, there's some stuff that happens in the middle there. A couple things perhaps. Yeah. There's a few things. So this movie's got, it's got it all RJ. In the sense. Well, uh, um, it's got a, it's got a club called the silver Fox. Yes. You know, Creepsville used to have a club called the silver Fox. Did, did you know that? I, I did know that. RJ. You know, it was a gentleman's club. A gentleman's club. Is what they say. Is what they say. Um, so this movie opens up with Harry Fabian, and it closes on this as well, of Harry Fabian running away <laughs> from somebody or something, or someone he's pissed off, or mm. someone he owes money to. Um, this is Richard Widmark, who you re- should remember mm-hmm. from uh, Pick Up on South Street. I do. One that of, was a uh, good movie. Yeah. If only there was a uh, Richard Whit. Mark, uh, expert that could have been here tonight, but if our, our fan of that movie and noirs in general, no. or just someone that was like an enthusiast of some kind, but no. a, a real fan, a real fan, only yeah. fan, only fans. Yep. So Richard Woodmark, he runs up to an apartment building. He's like kind of sneaking about, uh, and then he starts digging through a woman's purse. This woman comes out and goes, you need more money? He's like, what are you doing spying on me? Oh, I was just looking for cigarettes. Yes, I, I just, this isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, right over here, dude. <laughs> He's like, certainly. Yeah. Oh, certainly. And then he uh, cro- crochets away. Yeah, Harry is every kind of like lousy bum that you've ever met in a movie. Yeah, and he he fills the role well. Uh, he does. Yeah, he's very yeah. he's he's quite the garbage man in this. Garbage man. Garbage yeah. man. So she works at the Silver Fox. She is a dancer. Uh, yeah, she's like going on a dancer. She's like she's like an enthusiast woman. Like she goes around and just kind of pumps up the guys. It's yeah, like, have a drink. Yeah, honey. what's the word for that? Like uh, in Japan, in like the one district they have. It's like companions. Like a geisha? No, 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 no. Uh, like memoirs of a geisha? No, no. With Tom not, Cruise? Not that. In Ropungi, there's like these clubs. It's like, it's like where the Japanese men go, and then it's like Caucasian girls. And then they, they, they talk. They're supposed to just talk. But they're there to sell you really expensive drinks. Bordello of Blood? The uh, Tales from the Crypt movie? <laughs> Dennis Miller? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to watch that next year? Never. Why not? This is terrible. So um, we get introduced to these two, and then she goes to her other apartment in this building, this loft. I don't understand. I don't understand the 
structure of these buildings, but she's kind of coming and going. And then she meets like the ceramicist, Adam, the ceramicist, who is having some real troubles making spaghetti, which I just want to say spaghetti is not difficult to make. So when he was like, like when it was like burning off and shit, uh, I had some ideas of what he was cooking. The last one would have been spaghetti because he's like, this is what always happens when I make spaghetti. And I was like, spaghetti. I was like, what? Well, there's a pot of boiling water. And, I'm, and, and I mean, it, you could have the sauce in the pot, and that could burn. But maybe, at the same time, it's like, it's maybe, like, are you that bad? Maybe this is like 1950 spaghetti. It's a very different thing. Like spaghetti? No. That's that's no. that's a different thing on top of that. Oh, okay. Maybe so like not... SpaghettiOs. Oh, have you had any of the like SpaghettiO, Chef Boyardee type stuff lately? No. In the last I, several years? Maybe I have, and it was not very good. I'm tempted, but I feel like it would be bad. I think it would be pretty bad. Yeah, okay. You, you have taste buds now. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh-huh, allegedly. Um, so, yeah, Adam is a ceramicist, and I guess, like, him and the girl are now dating. Uh, he's re- kind of, like, doubling down. Yeah, they're kind of, well, she's doubling down. And he's yeah. just kind of like, well, she's got this weird relationship with his, like, ex-con guy. And, I mean, I guess. Like, I don't know. It, it's kind of vague to me. In the description, they could call her his – Mary's his girlfriend. But Well, the way I read it or the way I was looking at it was, like, she wants to be with him. And he's, like, there to use her, like the con man. Yes. But he also has a side girl oh, that he... he uses as well. So he – they, all... they both kind of want to be with him ceramics guy wants to be with the good lady but she's she's into the bad boys not the good boys right yes and bad boys into whoever will get him what he wants yes yeah 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 he he's he's not a he's not about the uh the sexuality game he's about the the profit game <laughs> that's right Getting he's a ahead. ferengi yeah, he is the og ferengi yeah a, a real quark, a real quirk yeah. so uh, we learn about the chocolate hustle, yes. where, where, you, where the girls are being instructed by like I don't know the madam of the house of how mm-hmm. like you all do this, and she's like it'll be like whatever five pounds for product. That's oh, seems like a lot of money for chocolate. An awful lot of money for chocolate. And they're yeah, like we'll right? we'll pay you two dollars for the chocolate. And you're like, oh, I understand now. And it's like you don't don't steal, don't take money from them, don't steal from them. If you do it, it's on your own time. Mm-hmm. It's a big wink. And then it goes, giddy up. Uh, we get introduced to Phil. Do you remember Phil, the the actor who plays that Phil? Phil? Remember him from like those David Lean, uh, Charles Dickens films? He's in both uh, Oliver Twist and Great Expectations. I like to call them dick pics. Oh no, I'm not familiar with your dick pics, but uh, I'm interested. David Lean's actually not mine. Oh okay, yeah. No, I uh, I. I recognize him. I wasn't sure, but there was a guy I knew in high school we called Fat Phil. His name is Phil, but he wasn't fat. But but what, is he like Philadelphia Collins? No, he was a normal guy. We just called him Fat Phil because we were kids. Uncle, that's funny. Not Uncle Phil. No, Uncle Phil was fat. He was, but he seemed like a nice guy. And he was Shredder. Yes, he was. Mm. But he again, he seemed like a nice guy, even as Shredder. So Phil calls people, dear boy. And poor boy. P- p- boy. Mm-hmm. Love that, Phil. And he's always kind of, oh, 
And uh, yeah, we we get a little bit of a Weinsteining, as I called it in my notes. A bit. But then it's like, oh, I, I, apparently him and like the lady of the house who runs the sh- runs this uh, club, um, they're in a relationship. And but it's like very rocky. But she's also into the Oops. she's also into another kind of bad boy, into the younger bad boy, the not Phil kind, into Harry. Yeah, who's not into Harry? One of the white bandits, right? Yes. Yeah. The only Harry I know. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of have like a, a brief little showcase of Harry moving around clubs. He's got his all his his hustle down where he kind of lays tracks with like potential marks. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He's always got his hands in something. Yeah, he's, he's always he has this thing where he has, he's got like a. He's got like a, a wallet that he drops to, to, to build trust. He gives you his trust. And you're like, oh, I found this wallet. Does this belong to any of you guys? Oh, no. Oh, geez. And he gives it to Major D's being like, I'm an honest person. That's the introduction to it. And you get this information down, getting names, info, because you get these tips. Mm-hmm. And uh, he meets some, yeah, some American guys that it doesn't really go anywhere in the movie, correct? The guys he initially meets, he talks about like oh, I met these guys in the bathroom. He's like, oh, we know the same guy. No, the I, I'd say the first three like, and I wouldn't even call him Griffs because mm-hmm. he's not like he's not like actually a con man. He's just like trying to, like whatever. But the first three like examples that you see him doing it, like they don't really turn into anything else. Not right. really because you're always struggling. You're always trying to find it, but sometimes yeah. it's hard to uh, get that whale. So uh, he goes to the wrestling matches, and mm-hmm. he tries to pull his hustle there. But one of the security guys is like, "Get out of here! You, we don't want you running your game in here. Not in our mm-hmm. reputable place where it's bullshit carny stuff." Um, and of course, at this point, uh, Gregorius <gasps> starts talking about circus bullshit and filth. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Ooh, who's, who's this guy? What's he all about?" And he's like, mm-hmm. and he, "You meet his son. We don't really." know who is the son he's just a guy's like papa what are you so offended by they weren't sitting together um and you're just like oh what's you don't think anything of it that who this chap is mm-hmm. um but then of course um harry sees like oh i got i can get an angle with this guy because it seems like people know who this is i have no clue but they say he's gregorius a world famous wrestler um, so he kind of he mm-hmm. exits out the doors, comes back in the front entrance, and goes up to the kit ticket holder, and he's like, "I demand a refund." I you call this wrestling to kind of win the heart of Gregorius, who Gregorius notices and goes, "Aha, yes." <laughs> he he knows he knows this like crap going on in the ring's not real. It's all about Greco-Roman style wrestling, shoot fighting, a man of integrity. We yeah. only like a Greco Roman wrestler. Mm-hmm. Don't don't we all prefer that? I had a teacher in high school who always talked about Greco Roman wrestling, and I never knew what it was, <laughs> but I always just assumed it was real oily. I was like, is oh, that yeah. just like correct? Yeah, I was like, is that just normal wrestling? But everyone's oiled up, and I guess trying to grapple each other no. is that all it is? Like, I don't know if. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say. So, do you know uh, Stanislaus Zabowsko? Sabisco, the name is or sorry, Stanislaus Sabisco. The name's name. familiar. So, so that is the guy. That is that Gregarious? is Gregory Gregarius, um, who was a actual pro wrestler. Yep. So Andrea, when we were watching, she looked it up. He was a real wrestler, 
Nicholas was a real wrestler, and the Strangler was a real wrestler as well. And even that real. Oh well, yeah, because well, the Strangler. They're, they're that's like that, almost all wrestlers. That's yeah. That's Mike Mazurki. Who's Mike Mazurki? A wrestler. I don't know him, but I I do know that most Nicholas of, them are real of Athens. Yeah, they're all they're, instead of Italians, we got a lot of uh, Greeks going on here. Uh, yeah, big Greeks. Greek is proto-Italian. Oh, that's interesting. So the guy who plays uh, Nicholas, the the Atlas, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. the yeah, the of Athens. He is the guy. I don't know if you remember or watched a lot of rank organization films, um, but he's the he's the, uh, the he, he, so he's the guy swinging. Maybe you'll notice this in watching the. Uh, Powell and Pressburger movies, like Black Narcissist, mm-hmm. Red Shoes. There's like a thing for like it's like the opening credit thing where it's like the title insert for it's like rank organization. And there's a big jacked guy who's swinging a mallet onto a gong. That's the guy. Oh, I do know the gong guy. That, yeah. I didn't realize that was Nicholas. I, I didn't either till just this very moment. Huh? What a neat little piece of Criterion history. All coming together. Big stuff, big things. Yeah. That is cool, though. I, I, I had no idea. Interesting. So Mike Mazurki, so he is, so the Strangler, he co-founded and became the first president of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I'm not sure if you're familiar with mm. that. It's basically an association for pro wrestlers. Mm. Um, I, I do his, not know. His, his, yeah, it's basically like every year they get together and they just kind of like celebrate one another. They had... It's a it's a beautiful partnership. Yeah, Cauliflower Alley, folks. the The logo of it is his own, uh, the Strangler's cauliflower ear. Hmm. That's oh yeah, okay yeah. Lot, yeah. Lots of uh, weird. Check. That took a second to digest. For I was like, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so uh, Harry's got an idea. Harry mm-hmm. is going to he's going to get into the wrestling game. He's going to like he's like I see an opening here. I could use Gregorius. He's a name. And this he believes in this Nick guy. I can get the money together. I can start running some matches. Everyone mm-hmm. loves people like shows, they like matches, and there's going to be a couple bucks in this. However, people are warning him, "Hey, nobody does wrestling in London without Christo." And you're like, who the fuck's Christo? Who's this Christo guy? Yeah, is, Gregorius, it, not Christo. Yeah, what's yeah, what's this Christo about? Is this the Vince McMahon of it's, of the UK? Is that mm-hmm. what I'm hearing about? So mm-hmm. he's all there's all these signs like, hey, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is Christo's territory. But he's like, nah, nah, we gotta, gotta all figure it out. And he wins over the trust of him. He's getting money here and there. He's hitting up Phil and Phil's lady. Getting getting two hundred bucks, and then uh, Phil's going to give him his money. And of course, Phil doesn't realize that this is going like what the problems with this potentially are going to be. But at the same time, he doesn't like Harry. Phil. Phil's kind of mm-hmm. like basically, Phil is going to set Harry up to fail. And then by fail, I mean by having him get killed by Harry's own stupid acts because Christo mm-hmm. is just that dangerous. And then we find out that Christo is in fact the son of Gregorius. Like this is kind of like mm-hmm. I think I think it's actually handled fairly well when you realize it's like oh that's it's the same his son is the promoter that he doesn't mm-hmm. like and that's why he's so angry at his son and Papa why don't you enjoy this and you're like so this like I'm not sure if like he is like 
gangster per se who's in who runs wrestling as his like legitimate business front it's like tony soprano being uh running a fed in the northeast yeah it's like it's it's almost like a little bit not like nothing too bad like somewhat straight kind of stuff but but probably other things because he has Mm -hmm. no issues like putting out hits later on and where they could start driving around saying hey newsstand guy there's a hit for a thousand pounds on this guy kill, kill him. it's like wow mm-hmm. it's like no one can no fucks to be given anymore of course mm-hmm. how, how do we get to that point well, well, well we're almost there we're almost there uh there's a kind of a montage of uh, harry kind of like trying to find um uh money to like front this operation he goes to a guy who runs like the the amputee racket the people who are like panhandling that are maybe are real or or fake the veterans so he's got hey no i've mm-hmm. got i've got legs i've got eyes i've got stumps and you're like are you talking about fake legs patches stumps or are you talking about people that you refer to as like parts you're like yeah here's your sign go up there and make some money like real low-end crime stuff we got googan the forger who only appears once i believe i like that uh mm-hmm. we, we we have the lawyer that represents christo named fergus chilk which is a, a good name which is a name i appreciate it's very mm-hmm. nice um yeah so everything seems to be going okay everything's gonna work up for Harry, but you know, so far. it's a noir RJ. And what does uh, that mean? Means things take a dark turn. Every, everything starts turning against old Harry. He starts running into roadblocks. Krista doesn't want him to open up. Mm. You start finding out these like familial uh, issues. Uh, there, it's also trying to set up a big match, and it's not going to mm-hmm. happen, but he, so he instigates it. He goes and fires up Strangler at a bar and Strangler just takes the bait, chases him down to the gym that they just opened up. And, uh, there's some, there's a scrap and, uh, Nick, what happens? Nick, Nick breaks his wrist. <gasps> Nicholas breaks Nick, his Nicholas, wrist. Yeah, that's right. And then Gregor, then Gregor, Gregorius puts Strangler through a clinic and it's like, these men are, yeah beating the shit out of each other hammer oh, with so good this the sickening twist of the arms putting on that yeah. bear hug you've never seen it you've never seen a more believable bear hug and it is like an interesting thing so this is like 1950 and they're showing like wrestling in a particular way that's like complete crap in the beginning where it's just like fat guy slamming into another guy jumping off ropes and it's the hilarious ref. yeah and then there's yeah. this whole thing how like well, uh, wrestling wasn't exposed and like revealed to be not true until Vince McMahon uh, had to admit it in like 1989. And of course, but then people kept pretending it was like real afterwards, like kayfabe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, people people knew it was bullshit for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it's it's pretty amazing. So like this, like this movie shows that. Yeah, yeah, because and this was 1950, and yeah. like it because I was watching, I was like, this is exactly like, and the thing that I noticed is like the ref getting like put in between the two wrestlers, and like, mm-hmm. like the big show of it. I was like, this is still kind of the deal. So this is the same. Like, this is the same shit. And then you yeah. get the, but then like, so what I really like about 
with how uh, Dasson shoots the scene, like the sequence of the the the, the real wrestling is like fuck. This like looks so believable and looks like a real mm. fight. But you're like these guys are also fake fighting, and you're like, see, it's doable. You could like do this like Greco-Roman style and fake it, which is like like an entire genre of wrestling in itself, shoot wrestling or whatever you want to call it. UWA was doing in the nineties before, um, you know, UFC was around. They, uh, yeah, they were doing this like legit style wrestling, but it was all worked, but they made it look Mm -hmm. real. And this movie shows that like, well, it's edited and like beautifully shot, which wrestling isn't. You can win people over and make them convinced it's real, right? It's really happening. And it Mm -hmm. looks great. And it's like savage and brutal. And Gregorius wins, but in winning, his, his his ticker just can't handle it no more. We basically kind of assume. It says close the window, my boy. Yeah, I'm the cold. So we get we get some uh, some father and son stuff, mm-hmm. and fucking Harry is running. He is running. Oh, he's out of there he before you even yeah. know that he's gone. Yeah, and you're like, where? Because you keep like cause the way the camera keeps you away from the fact that Harry's gone. It's really well laid out, and you just mm-hmm. you're like, fuck this Cristo guy. We've been told about all this time. He is like a guy not to be wrecked, messed with, and oh, you just like basically created yeah. a circumstance that killed my father, and that mm-hmm. you might as well just killed him yourself. So. Bad things are coming your way. Uh, I love how uh, Mike Mazurki kind of like, as the strangler, he just stops talking at this point. And he becomes oh. silent. And then he just like, you don't, yeah, he's just a force. And you're like, you're like oh, fuck. Yeah. That guy is like really like. He's I like there. the recognition with him too, where he just like, he leaves. And then when you do see him again later, he's just like, he's like, no one will say. Mm-hmm. Well, I, he, I'm doing this accent for everyone. No one will say that I killed Gregarious. Mm-hmm. He's like he did it, and it's like you're not like totally wrong, but like the circumstances where it's like, yeah, come on in and just drink some whiskey yeah. while uh, well, our, my the... boys train, and it's like, hmm. Yeah. And like basically, like at this point, all the all these characters we've been introduced up to this point, they all are just turning their back on Harry. Like the walls yep. are coming in on him. It's not going to work out well. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you can hang out at my place a little bit longer. Close the doors. I just hide upstairs. It's perfectly fine. But, of course, everyone wants that thousand bucks. And uh, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter to me. A thousand bucks is a thousand bucks. Can't trust anybody. Um, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, we, a, lot, a lot of uh, man running away. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah, we get we get some running. We get some running. And then we, we get, get the, the, Then it kind of ends at the... At the shipyard barge, I guess, and uh, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds you of pick up on South Street a little bit. And then uh, his girl yeah. shows. There's actually a really well done like where um, his girl shows up, um, but it's framed in a way that you don't know how he's what, who he's reacting to, uh, Mary. And uh, uh, yeah, yep, yes. And then but then it's her. And you're like, oh, fuck. now he feels even worse about it. But we all get the the ultimate payoff. With a good old fashioned body dumping, <laughs> uh, it, it's much appreciated too. Mm-hmm. I, I like how it's plain so uh, played so plainly. It's a matter of fact, just, yeah. And then it like it doesn't even need to show anything else. It's he's dead. No, off him. off the Hammersmith Bridge. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's like strangled him to death already and is just disposing of the body in the river. Or if he's like choked him out, carried him up to the bridge, and tossed him in the plank. 
into the I te- mean, into the teams. The one thing we can all agree on confidently is that he's dead. Yeah. So, so apparently, there is a different ending. What? To the yeah. So there's the American version, which is actually more is actually accurate to Dassin's vision. But then there's also the UK ending. Which, how is it different? I don't know, actually. People just said it's like a happier ending. Like he doesn't get thrown into the water? I I guess. That's dumb. (laughs) I like the ending the way it is. Exactly, yeah. This is is the one. um, This is the way it's supposed to be. The the U.S. cut. Yeah. Yeah, this is the way it's supposed to be. No. Yeah, don't give me no happy ending. So I guess I should have said it earlier. So Night in the City, I actually own on DVD. It was, it was one of those movies that I had a choice way back when. Because, again, I love I like these uh, genre dips from Criterion. And it was like, okay, this Jules Dassin guy sounds French. I'm like, well, I've got Night in the City or Thieves Highway. Which one should I buy? I could only buy one. And I was like, well, it's Night in the City. I mean, that sounds so noir. Thieves Highway, that could be anything. So I went with Night and the City. So I've watched I watched this movie many, many years ago. And also when I had heard whenever back when about wrestling, I was like, hell yeah. And I'm like, who cares about apples? Said 2005, Jarrett. Oh, how wrong I was. I, I know. You were a bad dude then. You're kind of a bad dude now, but your opinion has changed. So, I mean, there's you're kind of in the right. That's right. Going down the right way. Kind of. Ish. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. I'm done talking. Uh, let's see here. So, in the UK cut, it runs six minutes longer and features a different beginning and ending. Harry isn't introduced trying to rob his girlfriend in the British version, and the finale is given a more romantic spin. Dassin declared the American version closer to his intentions. So, I wonder if maybe at the end it's like Mary and Adam, like embrace or something yeah that's dumb probably because yeah i don't see a lot of details on it i guess like nobody gives a shit yeah i i uh well you said there is a different ending i almost said fuck you get out of here and, I think and, I actually and, and a completely different film score Ugh. yeah i don't want i don't want any part of that i mean maybe well, maybe the score is better i can't say that but uh doubtful doubtful i um, doubt it I will say that so uh, so this movie came out when I guess uh, Jules Dassin would have been accused of being a communist, and so mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that might have changed the uh, embracing of this movie at the time it came out, because apparently its lack of sympathetic characters uh, was uh, held against it. Uh, good old Bosley Crother of the New York Times uh, complained of its pointlessness, its being a trashy yarn. Uh, <laughs> And the best he has accomplished is a turgid pictorial grotesque. He tried to buff it with a very poor script and failed. The screenplay is without any real dramatic virtue, reason, or valid storyline. Little more than a melange of maggoty episodes having to do with the devious endeavors of a cheap London nightclub tout to corner the wrestling racket, an ambition in which he fails. And there's um, only one character in it for whom a decent, respectable person can give a hoot. I love. I love. I'm gonna describe more things as maggoty. 
You could say Megadi. I mean, are you going to use the, uh, like, a hoot? You're going to say, this was a real hoot? Yeah, a hoot. Or this was a real hoot. I would appreciate that. Okay. I think you're kind of a hoot. You know what I mean? Um. So, yeah, I, hmm. again, I'm uh, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of these Jules Dassin movies. I'm not sure which one I prefer of the two. Um, I think the freshness of Thieves Highway definitely, and, I, and the tale of the Apple trade just disappeals. But Night in the City is got a pretty amazing sequence of graps, which is, I think, greatly uh, in shortage in the Criterion Collection. I mean, this is no no holds barred or anything like that. It's got no mm-hmm. Zeus. It's got not even. It's not even got Zeus in it. And as far as like wrestling movies, I mean, this is very wrestling adjacent. It's like barely in it. It's one of the. It's one of the better ones. How does it stack up against Jeff Town? Well, I mean, if you want to talk about megaty films, well, I was. I wouldn't use that vernacular, but you know, okay, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm with you, man. Uh, I think this movie is also pretty good nice. uh I'm, I'm i'm actually same page where uh it doesn't have the pop uh as the fruit vendors does because that movie really that really movie really fight lights you on fire i think um this one though is it is very good as well i think uh, i thought both of these movies were were good watches there's a few things in them where you're kind of like lost me a little bit like i like fat phil in this movie but some of the s- sequence was with him and it's like yeah, I mean, like I like seeing him, but it's like this the the dynamic, I guess. But that's also a good part of the movie. Um, the wrestling is good. Uh, like Gregorius, he's a cool dude. I'm, oh, you know what? So I'm looking up uh, Glenn Erickson's review from DVD Savant, uh, okay. where he actually desc- he's actually describing the movie in some depth uh, as far as like what the de- the details are different, and mm-hmm. as also included is the far softer. English ending, which presents Mary and Adam as lovers consoling each other after Harry's untimely exit. Yeah. Hmm. So that, I, I, I predict. I mean, I that's fine. Oh, apparently that stuff was pretty shoehorned in. I guess this yeah. was like about getting, I guess, uh, Jean Tierney in this. Um, she was in a bad way when this movie was getting made. So she was kind of like put into this. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, allegedly. We can do without that. We can do without that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the wrestling's great. I like Gregorius. I like. I, I just like the buildup of that story. Like the idea of this underground, or not even underground, but like this this club of wrestling people. That's pretty cool. Uh, again, like so I think these movies somewhat like not that it not it doesn't have a happy ending, but you these movies really kind of make you like root for the bad guy in a sense. And it's like, it's almost has that like nice guys finish last thing, which is it's like, that's fine, I guess. But I don't know. What are you doing? I mean, I don't know anything about 1950s London, so maybe I'm completely out to lunch on this Jared. Well, like, I, I don't know if the streets were accurate or the, well, it, it, it was, it was on location. Yeah. Well, there's one scene that's actually really cool where it's, uh, it's one of the, um, well, one of the goons yeah, driving around, part. like telling everyone, it's like, get your eyes yeah. out for this guy. And the camera's in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, 
I was like, that would have been tough to do in 1950, like the size well, of cameras and shit. Well, you can also tell like the 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 quality of the pictures not as good as the rest of it because yeah. like a lot of it is, is being shot on sets and sh- yeah. whatever Sheffield Studios or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention because you were talking about rooting for the bad guy, and I was like, well, oh, yeah. like get ready to root for the bad guy, like in Mel Gibson's Payback. It's kind of like that. That was the but... U.S. tagline, RJ. And is that all? What's the tagline for Ready to Rumble? Um, get is ready to get ready to yeah well yeah. I could root for the bad guy all day long mm-hmm. but yeah Night in the City Night in the City is cool I like it it's got uh, all the wrestling dudes are good Crystal is good I, I, I like that they used real wrestlers because you just get it and uh, I really like the body confidence of Gregorius mm-hmm. like because he's just an old guy but he's like I wear my my speedo He's like, I am man. Can you imagine like what his handshake was like? Oh, that dude was crushing bones. I guarantee it. Oh, you'd be fucked. You'd be fucked. Like, could you imagine the damage that dude could do to a buffet? I don't know. He probably eats pretty. He's all clean. muscle. Well, he's like, yeah, he's like that old, 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 old body man. Old man strength. Oh yeah. Yeah, old men do have, like, uh, crazy strength. Mm-hmm. So, old man strength. I loved his wrestling scene. You hate to see him go. Because he's so cute, too. Like, mm-hmm. his whole thing is, like, they're like, they're like Gregorius, you can't be here. He's like, I trust him. He's my friend. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't want anything bad to happen to this old man. But, you know. So, so uh, RJ, to answer your question, ready to rumble's tagline. They're headed to the big time face first. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. I like that. David, I, David okay Arquette's that. not in Night in the City. How do you feel about that? I'm going to drop it down to probably a star rating okay. because of that. Right. But uh, no one will fault me for that, right? Right? Or maybe they will. doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Night in the City is a good show. I like it. And I, I do like the uh, the exhaustion in the end where he's like, I've been running for mm-hmm. hours. I can't run no more. And like in my mind, when they threw him in the water, he's just so exhausted. He's like, I'm dead. And like, doesn't even try to swim basically. Yeah. So uh, he I looked, he it. looked pretty knocked out too. He got, it looks like he got, yeah, that too. he got goozled and then, uh, yeah. uh, in my add, mind, he added to adjusted into the water. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. But yeah, these are good shows. I like them. Good. I'm good. It's, good it shows. sounds like you're turning into a noirsman, RJ. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I ever wasn't. Was there noirs I didn't like? I mean, sometimes they don't work, but... I mean, it sounds like you're going to have to take a, uh, a deep dive. We'll have to start up another podcast. I'd like more <sighs> noirs about fruit vendors, please. Okay. Well, I mean, there's definitely ones about, like, uh, oranges. Do you, how about oranges? Do you like? I'll, I'll take that. Cool. I, I could suggest one for you. But it's, okay. about, it's about fleeing countries by a director from who fled, fled a country one point for doing bad things who hates movies rj bad bad people bad people that you don't want to see movies about boswell crawther doesn't but uh for thieves highway we got Uh a one-star review from brett mcguire (laughs) that's a real name for sure totes um the stock characters here are either too earnest, too cynical, or too much of a scumbag, depending on what type of stock character they are. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's totally fair. 
but this person's favorite movies are Casablanca, Once Upon a Time in the West, Moonlight, and In the Mood for Love. One-star films include Kill List, Easy Rider, Whiplash, What? Thieves Highway, <laughs> Hell or High Water, Jarrett's favorite film. That's not true. Oh, okay. Don't, don't you say that. Uh huh. But those other ones, those are those are bad. Okay. Picks. Um, next we've got Alfred Scott, two stars. Third on our 1949 triple feature is this melodrama about truckers trying to get golden delicious apples to market in San Francisco while also setting some old scores and falling in lust. Director Jules Dastin rocks lots of action in road scenes. Lee J. Cobb perfects his bluster as Mike Figlia, while Richard Conte as Nick Garcos seems a bit bipolar, freaking out at times and turning into a wallflower at others. His San Francisco girl, Valentina Cortez, calms him down, and she also orders him around. That's the review. Oh, okay. Well, fellow Canadian, uh, I mean... I might not agree with their ratings, but I appreciate some of their the boldness of us. They only have one five star film, and it's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And then like there's some there's some one star films like Carnival of uh, Souls, and then like some the other like things. the original. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, Alfred Scott also rated. Uh, Night, Night in the ah. City uh, and gave it one and a half stars. Okay. And wrote, Harry Fabian tells everyone his latest scheme is the chance of a lifetime. He orders himself a huge trophy-like name plaque that announces he's managing director of a gym. And in the end, he gets told, you've got it all, but you're a dead man, Fabian. That about sums up the noir world, all right. The movie mm-hmm. and Richard Widmark don't do it for me. Um. So I'm digging deeper into the reviews. You know this other Jules Dassin movie, Top Cappy? Uh, kind of. I know. Is I, that a good film? I don't know. It's like 1964 or something like that. I haven't well, seen it. Alfred Alfred Scott gave it one and a half stars. So he's hating this. He hates this Dassin. He hates him, but he they, oh. he gave Maltese Falcon four and a half. Uh, another thing to mention about Jules Dassin, apparently. So this is an adaptation of a book that oh, okay. uh, Jules Dassin never read. <laughs> he never read. He didn't have time. They had to write a script, and then he just wrote it, and then like the the author was pissed, and he's like, just "Yeah, he, the time. he's like, yeah, he probably should be." Yeah, he's like, "I that's, never." He's he like, "I never admitted this to anyone." Like after, like he was like this old sweet man, he was chased out of his country for his I political like this beliefs. Movie even more. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, he seemed, he seemed like really like almost upset." And then he also laughed. He's like, "Yeah, the writer was mad." I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I feel him." I uh, love it. That's one, how I would do one it. One more from. Um, uh, Thieves Highway. August okay. Wayant. If you're speaking of real names. Uh yeah. What come on. Wow. What a disappointment. The protagonist is a moron. The two idiots who follow him aren't funny, and his love interest was shallow and pointless. Also, Bob Dylan makes an appearance as the Italian femme fatale. Aww. Mm, that's unfair to Bob Dylan. Uh this person gave Roma five stars. They gave Shape of Water five stars. They gave, I mean, they gave other movies like Pink Flamingos and Annie Hall five stars and, you know, like actual movies and things like that. Okay. Ha- half stars to Happy Gilmore. 
get fucked. Get out of here. That's not fair. You don't agree with that, do you? No. Um, yeah. Back to Night in the City. Derek Wood, one and a half stars. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get with Widmark's overwrought lead performance, which is a prime example of what I once heard aptly described as, look at me, mom, acting. His hamming put me at a remove from the story. So aware was I at every single moment that I was watching acting as opposed to watching a character. I hung in for about 40 wow. minutes, then hung around no more. So what we have here, Jared, <clears throat> is a real L.A. guy, Derek Wood. Bio. To me, Letterboxd is a stark illustration of how few movies I see anymore at least in comparison with my friends and acquaintances. Not really a big mystery why, though. I aged out of a target demographic a while back, and Hollywood is making fewer movies for people like me than ever, i.e. those no longer between 18 to 34, who were never into comic books. Nevertheless, I still enjoy a good movie as much as ever, and nearly a century into making into the medium, there are plenty of them out there. I can I can hear the familiar click clack of the vape pen as he draws his pull against his teeth. And he says, however, I still enjoy a good movie from time to time. <laughs> Who amongst you wouldn't? Uh, uh, I feel like he's going to be checking his stonks soon. He think, might on, be. Yeah. You might be. The only weird thing is uh, I'm noticing uh, people who hate both of these movies have been five-star in Annie Hall. Just because Annie Hall's in our mind tonight. So, strange. One more. Yeah, b-b-boy. That's a real name. Sure. Two stars. Same type of acting, line delivery, music of like 95% of all American movies of that era. But I should get a boner. But but I should get a boner for some reason. What? <laughs> But I should. Is that how we're ranking them? But I should get a boner for some reason. Uh I mean, if I, you I say guess so. they're like they're they're like. Why are people getting boners for this? Because I'm not. I mean, I, I guess there's like clear ways one could write it. I, I'm disappointed in yeah, but but boy, but but boy. Okay, so favorite films are Seven, City of God, Children of Men, and Whiplash. But the thing that really stands out to me, Jared, is their bio. This profile is basically for me to keep track of movies I watched and that I want to watch. (laughs) 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 That's kind of the idea, man. (laughs) That's kind of why this whole thing exists. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I hate to break it to you. Uh, uh, Hey. I'm going to the grocery store so I can buy groceries that I then can take home with me. And I would intend to eat afterwards. So, yeah. Mm. I, no, so, no, no promises on the eating. No, no promises on that. I, I am. That's, I am that's, that's my, that's this. my missive that I leave for the kitchen. <laughs> Basically for me to keep track of movies I watched and that I want to watch. So, Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's oh a good one. boy! Wow, really? Yeah, boy. Plumbing the depths. Plumbing the depths. <laughs> I hope they become a listener one. I day. hope. I hope so. Yeah, That'd boy. Be nice. We can get them in here on Decalogue. Uh, we, we love you all. We all love you, Derek. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. We love you all. Yep. All our sure. children. All our movie children. 
Oh yeah, it's all good. <sighs> Any final words or thoughts? Um, no good shows. Pretty good shows. Pretty good shows. Pretty good shows. Yep, I like them. After the break, RJ's on the run. He's going to get accosted by an old man with big, strong old man strength, and he's going to get tossed into the old man right off the high level. Old man river. No. See, that's an inside. That's some inside baseball there, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Old man river. That's man. right. You're going to go take that float. Whew. Whew. Scary stuff. Might even see a guy jerking off in the bushes. Is that something you've seen down there? I've I've heard. You've heard. It's very verite. Cinema verite. <laughs> Cinema verite. Yeah, especially if you do it on your cell phone. Holy cow! Well, that's it for me. <laughs> I'm gonna use Letterbox to log movies I I've watched and that I that I want to watch. Why can't we have both? You can email us at criterioncruise at gmail.com and tell us why can't we have both. Yeah. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnes. Sure. We're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Patreon. Sure. We're on SoundCloud. Stitcher. Yeah. iTunes. Google Play. Could be. Next week. Yeah. Spine275. Which one? Jean-Luc Godard. And Jean Pierre Gorin. you? Tout Van Bien. More like Jean Luc Gaffard. 1972, RJ. Is that a good year or what? Looks like a 90, 90 minute movie. Only one. No more double headers. No more three hour fatties. Yeah, I, I can be down with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about this Godard business, but all right. No one's, no one's sure about that. Yeah. Short is good. We did it. Um, well, short, but not for our podcasts. Well, not for us, but mm. we're girthy boys. Ugh. Good night. Ooh.